0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go
1: for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
2: Oh, yeah. Happy Thursday, everybody, I guess. Well, Or, or,
3: we or, or Rob would say Friday Eve. Friday Eve. Yeah. See, I don't like to Friday. steal
2: other people's line. You know, it, it's, it's a great line, but I don't like to be a copycat. You know what I mean? Well, you never you know, have that, man, so. I know, but, you know, and, and I thought about it, B. Brooks. I really did. Uh, I said, I can't use that. That's Rob's line, man. I can't be messing with that. But, you know, hey, everybody, a happy Thursday to you. Uh, happy if you like rain. I mean, where we are, I don't know about you, B. Brooks, but where I am, it's been pouring down off and
3: on all morning. Bro, this is great sleeping weather, man. I wish I was asleep right now, man. Sleeping <laughs> dude, weather, bro. It's my new. I, like knew, I know, man, but I can still take me a nap, bro. Are you serious? Are you a napper? Not really. I'm not really yeah. a napper. But yeah. today, today, I could definitely take a nap, bro. I could definitely take a nap. <laughs> I, well, um, well, I hope my cat machine yeah, on, yeah. It, feeling like Darth Vader. <sighs> Go straight to sleep, bro. Straight to sleep. <laughs>
2: straight to well, sleep. Well, hopefully everybody in our chat room won't fall asleep for the next three hours as we bring you this Thursday edition of Sports Take, or as 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 Barrett and Rob allude to, Friday Eve edition of Sports
3: Take, along with my man Barry
2: Brooks. I'm
3: Derek Gunn, oh, Rob oh. Ellis, has a day off. What? Oh, we, we gotta get fitness rebel. We give you traveling mercies. May you have a blessed trip. She's going to Ireland Ooh. tonight. Ireland tonight. What? Yes. Traveling nice. mercies for you. You will be blessed. And you never rich rich people problems, man. We yeah, we just ask for
2: safe traveling mercies <laughs> for you. Uh everything that goes perfect from start to finish. And if you if you're really nice, you bring me and Barrett and Rob back some nice Irish trinkets. Whiskey. I don't want Irish. a whiskey, man. I
3: don't I want do. a whiskey. You know, I I know I Irish whiskey. A little whiskey I not never wrong with a little whiskey, dog. Have you ever had Irish whiskey? Yes. Okay.
2: I never Very have, good. so I wouldn't know. You know, and my family, and my my dad and then my uncles, they love their, their scotch. They love their bourbon and their whiskey. I wasn't a drinker, you know, uh, so I have no idea. You know, I try to, let's see, I, the taste is like,
3: Oh yeah, I, I, I do not like the taste. But
2: <laughs> hey, we just want to welcome in uh let's see, Fitness Rebel. Uh, absolutely. Uh Robert Driscoll, uh Jeremy Brewer, Jason Bennett, Black 215, uh Swinbull. Who else we got? Dion Walker. Oh yeah, we got Griffin, Renzi, uh chanttaza P. I hope I got that right I don't want to butcher anybody's name wheat bread 1985 <laughs> wheat that's pretty cool my boy Eric winters hey what's going on guys and cousin d gun when are you coming back to good old Tennessee
3: cousin gun yeah you know you know you've been to Tennessee man you used to be out there picking picking uh uh peas, and okra said. yeah peas and okra out there yeah, that's that's one. That's one food. That's one. That's one vegetable I just can't get with. There's two vegetables I just can't get with. What? Okra and Brussels sprouts. I'm grown now, so I don't eat them. That. I'm grown now. Yeah, I can't stand I eat them. I, I haven't had okra in a long time.
2: We, that, you know what? They look they like were snot, staples. Bro. Yeah, they were staples in my house when I was younger.
3: Me too. Uh, I haven't eaten okra in a long time, man. Bro, uh, I won't eat okra. I'm grown now. It's just not being on my table. I'm grown now. It's not going to be on. No, it's not. I'm not eating it, bro. So I just don't do it, man. I don't buy okra. And um, every once in a while, I'll taste like redstones. Redstones has some pretty good Brussels sprouts because they put bacon in it and honey in it. So that's pretty good.
2: I can't even stand the smell of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I, I can't stand them. And you know, it's funny. As you get older, everything, well, not everything. There's certain food groups that your family made you eat as a kid. I'm rebelling as an adult, bro. I was gonna say a liver too. I'm not eating. Yes, I can't eat liver. I do no, not like liver. I'm not eating liver. We used to eat liver as kids too. Um, let's see for what ulcer. else. Is. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not eating chitlins. I don't eat those anymore either. Now no. I will say this though. I will say that for those people that are joining our chat who knows what chitlins are, we used to have them either Christmas Day or New Year's Day. Yeah. Yep. and your whole house as they clean them and prepare them, the whole Stir house smell like a septic tank. Stir fried.
3: <laughs> That's what it smelled like, man. Yeah, yeah I, ain't, I ain't gonna say that, bro. bro. You, you just know. can't eat anybody's, bro. Because I mean, one time, um, I'm looking at it's a piece of corn floating in a pot. I'm like, yo, y'all didn't clean these jokers, man. What? what do you yeah, mean piece bro. of corn. Piece of corn, dog. They oh, clean from the, the pig body. intestine. Yes, dog. Yes, that means there's exactly. fecal matter in there, bro.
2: Now nah, my, my family, here's what they used to do. They used to buy, like, the 20-gallon the bucket when they were frozen. And they would put rubber gloves on, you know, like rubber gloves like you use for washing dishes. And they would clean them. And my family,
3: you clean them, Jokers. And they would clean them. It would take hours. Like, I would only eat my pops because my pops would make sure. Yeah, he's called a wrinkle stakes. He he would sit there. He would go Rinkle through. <laughs> he, would, he, he would go through each one, man. You know, we gonna get on sports in a minute, y'all. We gonna get on sports in a minute. Yeah,
2: man. we gonna. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we gotta talk about some other things. We can't just jump in talking about sports. You know, we got lives too, outside right. of sports. You know. Eric so, Williams, <laughs> uh, yeah. chitlins are nasty and funky. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you ate them. No, but I, I will say this, B Brooks. Back in the day, you know, where I found my family prepared them, man, we'd always have cornbread, candy yams, greens, chitlins, and some kind of meat, either ham or turkey or something. And I would take, I would put hot sauce on them. I loved them with hot,
3: dude. I actually no, love no, slamming with hot sauce on them, bro. I love that. Yeah. And I cut him up, cut him up real good, man. You know what I'm saying? And throw some hot sauce in there. Shit. Yes. And the thing is, I would take, except for the chitlins, I would take my other food and I would
2: mix them together. My family thought, <laughs> what's wrong with you? I would take the cornbread, mash it up, mix it with the greens and the sweet potatoes, man. And I have a pile of mess over here and a pile of mess over here. Bro, I you just, know? I just
3: don't, like even to this day. One of my favorite meals, dog, is shepherd pie. I make shepherd's pie myself, bro. It's, it's nothing Do but hamburger, really? meat. Yeah, hamburger meat. Yeah. Hamburger meat. Uh, I like to use corn with mine and mashed potatoes, bro. You make it – you put it in a pie crust and pan, and you bake that joker for about an hour and a half. Yep. Man, sh- I eat it all day, bro. I love shepherd's pie, man. I love it. I can't, I I can't it. even tell you how the last time I had a shepherd's
2: pie, man. Wow. Yeah, Deion Walker said, I don't eat cabbage or chitlins. No, sir. Cabbage?
3: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with cabbage. I it, wrong it, with it cabbage? On, like, I – I do we they call it fried cabbage but it's not really fried cabbage it's, it's right. basically uh sauteed but you take the cabbage you cut it up and then you take green peppers and red peppers yeah you put them in yeah. there too and you just before it's about to be done you put some um hot sauce and ketchup in it just really? a little bit yeah and man it is it's a great taste man a great taste bro Well, see when it comes it's to good.
2: cabbage my, my middle daughter tina she'll take a head of cabbage and she slices them up in thin slices, you know, like you slice, slice a lunch meat.
3: Yeah. She she
2: puts them on like a cookie tray. Uh-huh. She puts her seasonings on them, like powder, different powder seasonings, and she puts them in the oven and bakes them, and they come out with a crispy top to them. Dude, they're really good. And I'm right. I'm not a big cabbage person, but when she makes it, her and my wife make it, and they'll sprinkle like a little uh, uh, virgin olive oil on it as well to give it a crisp crispness to it. And Bro. I, I actually like it. I wasn't a big cabbage person until they started oh doing it that way.
3: Oh, look at Coach Marcus said uh, shepherd's what? pie made with smoked beef red meat. Oh what? man, I bet you that was amazing.
2: Hey, that. This
3: is the cooking show today. Let me uh, let me tell my you, you know my mom's in town right now. My mom's oh. in town. Yeah, mom, mom Brooks is in town right now, so she's she uh, my mom. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to make it. That's what, exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell my mom that I'm gonna make a shepherd's pie. I, Cause I gotta make I gotta make my mom sit down when she's here, bro. I gotta I make her sit down because she I always know. wanna be doing something. I'm like, mom, sit down somewhere, just chill. You know what I'm saying? I got you today. Chill. Somebody in you the family what? will take care of you.
2: Yeah, you're a good son, but you know what? That's what keeps the mind stimulated and keeps them young is because right. they're so active in doing stuff. Absolutely. And my mom was the same way, and my wife's mom was the same way. You told, me, would you please sit down? But they gotta be doing something, you know. Oh, man. and. And, and see, I'm, I'm like, I hope I'm I'm hope I'm hope like that 10, 20 years from now. I just can't sit still. I don't want to be a person to sit still. I'm not. I'm sitting you on know? my boat and I'm fishing. Well, that means you sitting still. But I'm saying, you know what I mean? Just doing something, whether it's cleaning, outside, working in the garden, just doing something to stimulate the mind. You know what I
3: mean? Right, 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 right. You know, oh, ain't, yeah. ain't, ain't nothing wrong with sitting on a boat, you know. Bruh, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. This, this, I'm telling you, man, this off season i'm 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 doing me man because i i usually never do i because no i number one i don't take off i don't want to mm-hmm. take off because i feel like i'm gonna get wally pips so i don't like to take off <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i'm but this year i'm i'm gonna get wally pips yeah so you know like even for my birthday birthday weekend right. i'm going to miami and i'm yeah. going to watch the races man i'm going to an f1 race mm-hmm. i'm going man i'm going you I, already I, got I, tickets and stuff yeah. I already got my place to stay. I'm, t- I'm waiting on um, I'm waiting on, on Jacob Meade to help me out with the tickets. They get they get the uh, they get tickets to you know pretty good tickets. So uh-huh. I'm waiting on Xander and Joe to hook that up. They go every year. They right. go every yeah. year. They were right. last right. year. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm, I'm 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 I will be in the house. I will be in the house. Smelling yeah. like gas fumes. I used to cover like NASCAR racing
2: where you get right. in, get right. in the pit and stuff like that, and you come home, man. You can smell it on your skin, and be in your clothing.
3: Bro, I that's and, how I smell when I leave my, my garage.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I you love that, that smell, bro. That's the best clone I could have. <laughs> yeah,
2: but you know what says it's not good for your lungs as you get older now. So I keep know. that in mind.
3: I know, I know, I know. It, it, dog ain't nothing good these days for when we get old, bro. Nothing why is it, it, why is it the best tasting things that are, are the worst things for your body? I because I you're right, you're right. Absolutely, man. Because I'm I'm like I'm addicted, dog, to I got to stop going to the store and getting them to those, you know, Cadbury eggs. Oh, yeah. The chocolate one with the eggs. Bro, I went to the store and I bought four of them yesterday. No, I got didn't. one left. I got one left. You Since ate three already? I ate three already, bro. I mean, why, man? Why, man? I'm supposed to be on a diet, man. I'm supposed to be getting pimp size and I'm eating these Cadbury. I got one more left.
2: Well, boy, it's terrible, man. So between Whataburger
3: and these eggs,
2: what kind no. of diet are you on, dude?
3: They're, they're, they're called White Castle. Whataburger's not on the. Same oh yeah, White loads. Castle. My bad. White Castle. Yeah. Wait a minute. Whataburger's better than White Castle. They are not better than White Castle. Yes, they are. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, no In and Out
2: Burgers. No. In and Out no. Burgers better than White Castle.
3: Talk about overrated. Those are overrated, bro. <clears throat> no. No. Yes, In-N-Out burgers it, are overrated. The fries suck; they're all flimsy. Well, the fries and everything. stink. You know, fries are like like shoestrings.
2: Right, right, right. But the burgers and and the and the condiments they put on the burgers,
3: definitely better than White Castle. Well, you know, I just been has, yes. When they get, I think I think they're in Vegas next year. And when they get to Vegas, I'm definitely going there. Can you imagine? Them right, like they're going through Monaco. Monaco, man, they're racing through Monaco. Can you imagine them yeah, going yeah. through? You know. Ooh. Vegas, to do all, you know that's gonna be big time, bro. I can't wait for man, that.
2: That's that's too much congestion in Vegas to do that in Vegas, man. You, 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 you know how many streets you got to shut down for that? Yeah, that's why that's what it's all about, bro. So like,
3: that. oh no, we ain't going for this. Oh no, no, no. To bring you in F one, if they're bringing in F one racing, imagine the amount of money they're bringing in because F one, is the princes, princes, and all those rich folks love that. I'm talking about not like rich folks. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, you know the the sheiks and stuff like that from over there they they, right, right. they love F one racing F one racing is like unbelievable man so yeah it brings
2: in huge money for an economy wherever they have it you're right because that's not just a a a a a, a regional event it's yep. not just a clickish event it is a worldwide event man and a few times I've watched F one the people in the crowd come from all over the world to watch F one. Yep. And they yep. travel, man. Whatever city or country they're in, they stay packed, dude.
3: Absolutely. So I'm trying to see where F1 is this weekend. Let me see. Wow. Bro, well, it's while unbelievable.
2: Barron's, while Barrett's looking it up, just to give you a rundown of what we got today with the a kit to show off talking about Eagles, I got two particular topics i to 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 little bit we will have Greg Cosell coming up at 1230 from NFL Films. Later in the show at 2 o'clock, we will have John Bogner to talk 76ers. What a weird scenario that was last night, B. Brooks, with Joel and B. He doesn't come out after he's not playing after halftime. They announced because of the dis, <laughs> the discrepancy in the score, he's not gonna play. You know, because they were up by 28, 30 points. Then all of a sudden, they announced later in the game a knee soreness. And so I'm going to get John Bodner on, so if he can he can dissect it better than I can in terms of what exactly is going on. And as we talked about yesterday with Joel Embiid, how do you load manage him? Because the last their last nine games are all against playoff teams, and two of the games are against the number one seeds in the East and the West—Milwaukee and Denver—and then you got the number two seed coming up in in Boston as well. So how do you load manage Joel Embiid moving forward?
3: Well, you know what, man? I've already told you. I don't care what they do just as long as they get him to the playoffs healthy. You know what I'm saying? I know positioning and jockeying position is definitely something you got to worry about. You know, because having games at home and having that home field advantage is is huge. It is huge. But at the end of the day, man, I'd rather have that availability rather than, you know, worrying about where we're going to play it. I mean, it's seven games, whether it's, you know, whether or not, you know, at right. the end, you're gonna be playing seven games. Whether it's home, you can still get the home field advantage. That's why I'm saying health is just so key to me. Now the matchups, also, you know, because you don't want to be playing Milwaukee early or Celtics early. But right. as long as you're healthy when you're playing them, that's all I care about, man. Right, so, right. You know, that's just my I'm, that's I'm just kind of stuck on that. You know, to me, their health means more than anything going into the playoffs.
2: See, hey, your boy. Just for a moment, your boy John Dickerson says. Um, <laughs> When D Gunn eat, eats White Castle, he F1 races to the bathroom. You ain't never lie, bro. <laughs> you ain't never lie about that. It's one of the few times I'll agree with John Dickerson about anything. Um, and, and somebody else mentioned that uh, In N Out Burgers, way better than White Castle. You know, we I got, we got a smart one here today. You know, no. Absolutely. Leon,
3: no. Absolutely Dude, not.
2: What is it about? A White Castle burger that appeals to your palate. I don't
3: get right. that. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just, it's. It ain't. me. It's, it's, first of all, number one, it's not really fried. It's actually steamed. You know that's what I'm the, saying? That's the first problem. Right. So they take they take the onions and they slap them on the, on the grill, and and then they put the burger, the raw burger, on top of the onions and they cook it and they put the bun on top of it, the uh the bottom of the bun on top of it. Right. Right. So then they turn around. After that, they flip them, boom, put the cheese on them, boom, put the top on them. And that's, you know, the burgers there. Bam. It's a method to their madness. They're steamed burgers as opposed to being fried burgers. All so, right. evidently, they might be a little more healthy for you. All right. Let me that's ask you this. Five,
2: five guys versus White Castle.
3: White Castle. All day. I, you know, I think, like I said, <laughs> uh, you know what? As, I can't say that with a straight face, bro. I know it's you can't. It's, 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 it's a, probably a tie. It's probably a tie. Ain't no, t-
2: come on, it no man.
3: Some good burgers. five guys makes one hell of a burger, bro. And like me being on my diet, like I am, um, I, oh. when I order five guys, I don't have them put a bun on it, I just have them wrap it in lettuce, a lettuce burger. Okay, they'll do that for you, make a lettuce burger. Okay, Wendy, Wendy's or White Castle? I don't like Wendy's.
2: Lord have mercy. Only Lord. thing I like about
3: Wendy's is, is the Asiago burger, I mean, Asiago chicken sandwich. Oh, That's the only God. thing I eat from there. That's the only thing, man.
2: Well, I've said it. I've said it since I've known you, and, and I'll say it again.
3: Something wrong with you.
2: Yeah, something, something <laughs> definitely wrong with you. You ain't right in the head. You ain't right. You first of all, you're supposed to be on a diet, so called diet. Second of all, you ain't on no diet. I'll tell you that right now. You ain't on no diet.
3: <laughs> I am, bro. I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. For real, I am. I have, to- have you
2: Have you lost any weight?
3: Yes, I have. Have in you? In past In the past month and a half, I've lost twelve pounds. Good, well, I'm, proud uh, yeah. I'm proud of
2: you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. You are six, doctor, four, six, five, six, six five,
3: five, five and a half, six five
2: and a half. oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, you, you I yeah, know what I think, you think, uh, you got half of mine sometimes. But I don't know about it. And what's your weight range right now?
3: Oh, uh, well, you're getting personal now, bro. you getting personal I,
2: now. God, I mean, we family, we all up, you know, yeah. We, you know, we can't ask women their weight or age, we can ask men. I mean I'm I'm five I'm five ten and a half two twenty five. I, I well I'm I'm out of I control. Need to lose right weight.
3: Now. I'm you? out of control. I'm out of control, bro. Yeah. Are you? Yeah.
2: yeah I'm ain't out of good, control, man, because I'm, 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 I'm to your health in. If that's if you say you're out of control, then I need to see you get this in control.
3: No, exactly. That's why I say I gotta leave those daggone um Cadbury eggs alone. That ain't all, bro. You gotta leave White Castle alone. Bro, I haven't had White Castle since <sighs> Man, it's been, it's probably been about a month month now, a month and a half now. Okay. Yeah, about on that. Right. Not even the one, I ain't even bought them from the store. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm done. All right.
2: All right. Well, we uh, we got some football to talk about. Nobody want to hear about our problems. We got football to talk about. And as I said, coming up at 1230, Greg Cosell from the um, NFL Films. And of course, later at two o'clock, Derek, Bod- Derek Bodner, who spells his name wrong, He's always telling me, so you spell your name wrong. Uh, He'll join us at 2 o'clock to talk about the 76ers and the NBA as well. Uh, But right now, B. Brooks, I'm going to hit you with a a football topic here. Let's start with the running back situation. Um, The Eagles running back situation as we know it right Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. Now, we talked about this week that there's a possibility they could add another running back by way of free agency or the draft. You know, right. I think either way, it won't kill them financially if they go to a free agent or obviously they're not going to draft a, a running back early so they can get a good young, fresh set of legs to come in here uh, that they can try to groom and build upon. But the, the agent market does pique my interest a bit. And so I'm going to throw some names at you and you tell me if they pique your interest or not. All right. Yep. All right. Here we go. Let's start out with this one. He's 28 years old. Leonard Fournette. Six foot, 230 pounds. Last year, Tampa Bay, 189 carries, 668 yards, three and a half yards a carry, uh, three touchdowns. Now, obviously, let's start with this. Tampa Bay's offensive line was decimated by injuries. You know, Tom Brady was running for his life, got beat up. He couldn't establish a running game, and it cost him in a lot of ways. Again, let me emphasize, Leonard Fournette is
3: 28 years old.
2: Yeah, which is surprising because –
3: I'm he's surprised because he looks like he's been in the league a long time, man. I you know, know what man. I mean?
2: it's hard, man. Look, he, he, he they, read, read, read that ridden read that, read that NFL boat hard, man. Yes. Does he
3: pique your interest? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I, he, you well, know, I mean, he has too many issues with you know being a pro, man. You know, what I'm saying, being a pro means you know you you got to be in shape when you come in. Nobody should tell you to that. That's one. You got you got to take care of the intangibles. And I don't think he all the time he's with taking care of his intangibles, man. Okay. You know, intangibles meaning making sure that you come in the best shape you can be in, knowing the playbook, uh, ready when called upon, you know. And I didn't mm-hmm. think he was like that this year. You know, anytime your quarterback has to check you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, make sure you're doing right, then, you know, that means you're not serious about your craft. You're not serious about, you know, you, you going out and being the best player you can be. Okay. so, you know, that's what I I mean. I I don't have any time for that. You know, you either come in and and ready to play, you you know, or, or, you know, you got to go somewhere else, bro. And I just I just don't have time for that. So that's one issue that I have with him. You know what I mean? Um, Can he still run? I think he's okay. I mean, he's not over the hill. He's not he's not any less explosive. But I don't think he has that breakaway speed he used to have. You know what I mean? He's a, so he's a big
2: he, he, he's a big back. Okay, yep. right now
3: the Eagles don't have a big back.
2: And I don't even know if they need one in their offense the way they run their offense. They didn't have a big back last
3: year. And they were one of the best running teams in the National Football League. Well, I mean, Jalen Hurst is their big back. True. He's their red zone back. And when they did get to the red zone, they they often used their smaller backs in the red zone. It's like counterintuitive to me. When right. you think about how they, you know, went about going – throughout their business in the red zone you saw a lot of reps from from you know kendall gainwell uh kenneth gainwell and um right and and boston scott especially boston scott so that was kind of different to me they use smaller guys in those type of positions okay. a lot of times they took miles sanders out in those positions so i mean okay. that's, it's a little different so do i want Leonard for that no
2: all right, what about uh, 28-year-old Kareem Hunt? 5'11", 216. Obviously, he had to uh, thrive in the shadows of Nick Chubb in Cleveland. He had 123 carries last season, 468 yards, 3.8 yards a carry, three touchdowns, and he had 35 receptions for 210 yards.
3: Absolutely. What about,
2: what about a, a Kareem Hunt?
3: Yes, yes. Is it is it likely that he comes? No, he's going to be too Correct. expensive. He's probably going to get the same amount of money are pretty diagonal near close to it that Miles Sanders got from, from the um, from the Panthers.
2: I don't know, Brooks, because he's still out there. I don't know. Uh, the numbers are going down the longer you're out there.
3: You're right. You're right. You're right about that. But I still think that he's going to go on. He's probably going to be one of the better paid guys in the league uh, when he does sign his contract as far as running backs. Okay.
2: All right. What about uh, 29-year-old Kenyon Drake from the Ravens? He played 12 games. 109 carries, 482 yards, four and a half yards a carry, only four touchdowns. He's 6'1", 216. He had uh, 17 receptions. So he's not a big pass catcher out of the backfield. I'm a Kenyan Drake fan. I like the way he runs the ball. Uh, He just has not been able to shine in situations because it's either
3: injuries or he's always overshadowed by somebody else. Well, you know, it'll be hard for him to break the lineup. You know, I'm a fan. But will he fit in here in Philly? He probably could, but I don't think he'll differentiate himself from the guys that he has there. At least guys that we have here kind of differentiate themselves, and they're right. they're, they're they're good at, you know, at, at really filling a niche in you know the offense that we're running. You know, each one of those guys have their niche. Boston Scott runs well in between the tackle. He's that's what he is. He's an in between the tackle type of guy. Even though he's smaller, okay. he gets lost in those trees. He gets lost uh, in the in the blocking schemes, and, and he's explosive. You know, once he hits it, you know he he's gone. Okay, you know Kenneth Gainwell is, is is he's become very versatile because he can run in between the tackles, but he's more of an outside runner. Um, catches out of the backfield. He's there, you know, they try to make him his third down back, but right. he ended up being more than just a third down back. But his versatility and his explosiveness, you know, is, is his niche. He's a game breaker. You know, he can always, um, he's, he's like, you know, one, one slap of, a, of, a of his foot or, or, you know, one slight tackle away from taking it to the house, man. He has the speed to get away like that. We'll see what Shah Penny can bring to the table, you know, healthy, you know, he's one of the better backs in the league average over six yards of pop when he did get the ball, but you know, the, the best ability you can have is availability. He has not been available. So I don't know where Drake fits in. Is he better than those guys right there? I don't think so. I don't think he's Mm. better than Rashad Penny. So I don't think he'll fit in.
2: All right. um, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four more backs on the list. We're going to get to a little bit later on. Also, I'm going to ask you about the safety position. I got some names. We we do know they need to shore up the safety spot. I got some names on the safety list I want to ask you about as well. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But coming up on the other side of our first break of this show today, Greg Cosell from NFL Films. Don't go away. Always insightful. That more coming up on this Thursday, Friday Eve edition of Sports Take with that man right there. Who's normally blue, but he's wearing a blue hoodie today, Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We got a lot for you on this show.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
5: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got
4: this. Call 215-458-2222.
0: Heading down the shore.
5: My name is uh, Fran Solano, I'm a Managing Director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
2: And we welcome you back into this Thursday edition of Sports Tape. My man right there is Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. And waiting in the wings to join us right now, he is the senior producer at NFL Films. He is also the executive producer and an analyst for NFL Matchup with a, a friend of ours on this show and a colleague, Sal Palantonio. He is the one and only Greg Cosell. G, welcome in, my
8: brother. How you doing? Gee, I'm just basking in the aria of being with you, D Gun, and with Barrett Brooks, my man. What's going uh, on, bro? How's it going I'm thinking, today, man? Taking it all in, you know. I don't, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> why, do, why do you look like
2: like you're you're hiding, man? You're like in a closet. I'm looking at that uh, shadow. You know, there you yes. go. Now we can yeah, see. There you. you go. Hold on, hold on. That's My the money. office
8: right there. That, that, that yeah. everything goes down to that office, man. All yeah, that. I'm, I'm, I'm in. as people like to refer to as the cave, D Gun. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just sitting here I'm watching college tape right now. You know. Oh, I'm man, doing the same thing,
3: man. I'm doing the same thing. Just breaking down year. college tape.
8: Man, I tell you what, man. You have had
2: quite the season and off season. Every time I look up and I follow you, obviously. On Twitter, and you can follow uh, my man at uh, at Greg Cosell on Twitter. You are on everybody's show. You are on everybody's podcast. I feel like I'm number ten in the pecking order. Whenever <laughs> how many different shows,
8: the you know, like, things you've been on this off season, man. You no, know, I, I just try to be a nice guy. You know, the problem is, is there's only so many hours in the day, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. watch about 250 college guys. Yeah. And- you know, when you watch defensive guys in college, you got to watch full games, you know, as Barrett knows from being here, you know, I, I, I have the coaching tape. So, you know, you have to watch yep. every single play. You can't watch a cornerback for 20 plays and decide what a corner is, you know, exactly. you've got to watch games and, yep. you know, college football, they tend to run more plays than they do in the NFL. Cause every, you know, very few teams huddle. So sometimes I'll pull up a game and it's like 92 plays and, uh, the words that come to my mind I probably won't say now but you know it's just a lot of it's a lot of plays you got to watch you know well obviously you follow
2: this Eagles team closely like we do and I guess the first question I have to ask you is your thoughts in a general perspective of what they lost this offseason what they've added and what you think they should have added by now
8: well I'll say this. I think that what they lost on defense, because don't forget we're speaking on March 23rd. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of time here. Obviously we live in a, in a moment to moment, social media world, <laughs> as we all understand. Uh, but my guess is, and, and you guys, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong. My guess is this was planned. Now mm-hmm. we'll see what happens next, but they probably have some kind of plan for that too. We just, you know, we don't know what it is and they're not going to announce it publicly, but, you know, I think they knew they were going to lose what they did on defense. I think they knew that Um, because you couldn't sign everybody. They, you know, I think, you know, we went to bed one night thinking Darius Slay was gone. I woke up the next morning and I was like, Oh, Darius Slay's back, you know? Right. Right. So, you know, obviously they still have their two corners. They need to address the safety position. Um, and, you know, obviously, linebacker, they signed. Uh, and now I'm trying to remember who it is that they signed. But they signed. Uh, what's who? Morrow. Yeah, Morrow, who's, you know, yep. who's been in the league for a long time and has yep. a lot of starts and snaps under his belt. And he's a very athletic guy. So, you know, he'll he'll end up starting. Um, you know, and we'll see where they go. But, uh, you know, I think they knew because they have, they have to pay Jalen are going to have to pay Devonta Smith at some point here. Um, You know, may, he's going into his third year. He was a first round pick. So technically has five years, but you know, they normally don't wait. And Devonta mm-hmm. Smith has proven that he needs to get paid. So, you know, I think they understand all this. And my, I, I would assume uh, that given the success that they've had in these last two years, that people will probably give them the benefit of the doubt. So there's a plan in place. What it is, I guess we'll see as it, as it takes hmm. shape. Well, let me ask you this. Um, it, do you have a sense on what
3: defensive coordinator uh, Sean Desai is going to run? Is it going to be kind of what they ran last year, or is it going to be more like a, a, a three or four defense you see like in Pittsburgh? Or no. is going to be something like uh, you're going to see what, you know, Baltimore runs, what type of three, four, you think they're going
8: to run? Foundationally Barrett, it'll be from the Fangio school because that's Sean Desai's okay. background, so foundationally. But, you know, that's become like saying the West Coast offense. There's so many variations now right. with what, what teams right. do. As you know, you know, as both you guys know, it's not just one thing. There's a lot of different ways to do it. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have conversation with coaches who come from the Fangio School, and there's all kinds of variations. Um, you know, the general principle would be that it starts with a split safety look, what would be considered cover four. But when you start with cover four, you can go to anything. That's the thing about cover four. That's different than let's say single high with a safety in the box. You can pretty much go to anything with cover four and it'll start there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of zone match principles that, that come from that. You know, the, the term that everybody uses in that group is match, carry, deliver. There's a lot of that in that coverage. Um, Everybody obviously plays man in this league. You have to line up and play man sometimes. So now it just gets down to the percentages of what they do. Will Sean Desai be different in that area than Jonathan Gannon? I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's different. Um, but I think it'll be that'll be the general founding philosophy of what they do. And, and that's probably one reason why Desai was hired and why it was between Desai and, and Walker, because I think they wanted to keep the general philosophy – uh, you know, of what they've, they've done for the last couple of years under Jonathan Gannon. More of an over on the front and then one gap. uh Well, it's that fan, five man. Right? They play a lot of, as you know, that five man front, which has taken over the league. So mm-hmm. many more teams mm-hmm. now play that five man front and it's very often reduced. You know, Barrett, you know, being uh, an offensive lineman, you know, you get the one on ones a lot, which a lot of teams yep. are looking for now yep. because in the when it's a pass rush, you get one on ones. Even in the run game, when you have that reduced front, it's very hard to run inside. You know, a lot of teams don't run inside zone as much now because it's really hard against those Mm five-man fronts to run inside zone. So you're starting to see a lot more gap scheme in the league where you can down block on those three techniques. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the game evolves. It always evolves in in multiple ways. But, you know, that's – I'm pretty sure that's – you know, they signed – they brought Fletcher back. They brought Graham back. Um, obviously, they you know they, they expect Jordan Davis, I'm sure, to take a significant step up, both in terms of, of uh, how well he plays and in terms of number of snaps. Um, Milton Williams has given them good snaps since he's been here. So I would imagine the front won't change dramatically. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Greg, stay with the defense, if you will, for a moment. This team has gone through wholesale changes on defense in terms of coaching staff. Yep. And, and they lost their top five tacklers um, to free agency. How long do you think it'll take normally in your, in, in your travels and in, in your knowledge, when you have that kind of changes across the board, how long do you think it will take for the the, the complete unit to mesh? Because practice time is so limited now. Training camp time is so limited now. It's going to take a lot lo- longer than normal, isn't it, for everybody yeah. to
8: be on the same page? That's a great point, D. Gun, and it will take time. And I think fans yeah. have to accept that. But I think my sense is, again, you know I, – I, you know, I'm not having conversations with the front office on a right. regular basis, but my sense is that they view themselves as an offensive football team. Yep. And that they can score points. They can score 30 points. So, not that they want their defense to be bad. No one, you know, wants that but I think they understand that there'll be growing pains with the defense because as you mentioned, D gun, not, not only do they have a a new D coordinator, but they're going to have a lot of new players, whoever they turn out to be. You know, my guess is they'll go D heavy in the draft because they need players. Um, But I think they feel that they can be an offensive team that can be both explosive and sustaining uh, and that they can, that that will make it easier for, for their defense to be able to, work together quicker because if you can get ahead in games, which is I think their plan, contrary to what a lot of people may believe, they actually threw the ball at a pretty good percentage in the first half of games mm-hmm. and then ran it in the second half. They, with very few exceptions, they did not come out to run the ball. They came out to score. Um yep. And then what that does is that ideally puts the opposing offense in a situation where they have to throw and then, it puts your defense in a better situation. So I think that's probably the way they see themselves. We all know that Howie thinks about this game in terms of you got to score. It's a passing league. You've got to score to win. And look, they obviously lost the Super Bowl, but it wasn't because they couldn't score. You know, so I think they see themselves as a team that can be really explosive on offense and that will help the defense acclimate ideally quicker. Okay, You know, I,
3: I really like, you know, Cam Juergens. And, you know, what's your assessment on him making that transition
8: into being a guard from being a center as an entire Is career? that definitely going to happen? Is that what from what you guys know? It's just speculation. Uh, yeah. Speculation, yeah. yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Because they still
3: have Sewell Petter there, Jake mm. Driscoll. You know, they right. still have guys that play the guard position uh, in the wings. But, you know, um, I, I just assume because I, I like him. He's a good player uh, from what I saw at center. Right. You know. But uh, I mean, I mean,
8: you, you see, you see something different. You they see a guy
3: well, or somebody doing,
8: I'm sure, you know, Jeff Stalin, maybe, maybe he'll tell me I'm an idiot, but I'm not sure that, you know, just from when I studied him coming out of Nebraska and don't forget, he was a converted tight end. He can't mm-hmm. really get a whole lot bigger. He doesn't have a yeah. lot more body bearer to get bigger. You right. Know? Right. So. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Like I said, you know i would defer to people that know a lot more about offensive line play than i do but i think that is a a a, a work in progress i don't want to say it's a question because maybe they feel really good about it and you know when i'm wrong i just think
3: they're, like they're five their five best on the field and i think he's one of the best
8: five and and you know. that's probably fair at yeah. this moment in time unless they draft someone mm-hmm. you know um and and then they could well do that i think they probably will draft offense an offensive lineman along the way. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know, at pick 10 or at pick 30, or who knows? But you know, as you know, Barrett, you can draft offensive linemen in the third round who can come in and be really good players for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be considered a work in progress because he's not going to get up to 320 or 325. Now, again, I'm not saying you have to be that, but he's that's not going to happen.
2: Greg, how do you think this this Jalen Hurts contract thing plays itself out? Now obviously The Eagles have one more year on his rookie deal. I mean, Howie Roseman loves to get deals done uh, before rookie contracts are up. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo got his number. Derek Carr got his number. And Howie Roseman is not shy about paying players in any position that they identify they want to keep. Obviously, Jalen has shown in just one season that he is one of the best of the best in the game. How do you think the scenario plays out? Do you think they string it
8: out? Or do you think Howie wants to get it done sooner rather than later? I would think they'd want to get it done sooner than later. The question is, you know, becomes Jalen and his agent group, you know, because now we're we're in that mode where, you know, quarterbacks are going to ask for fully guaranteed contracts at yeah. really high numbers. Uh, I, my sense is that's not going to happen. You know, the fully guaranteed part, he might get the biggest number, but I don't think the, I don't think it would be fully guaranteed. Um, so now it all comes down to you know, that the negotiation, I don't follow that kind of stuff super closely. They're not going to let him walk. I don't think he's going to sit out. So I think they'll get it done. Um, you know, obviously in a different way than other teams, this offense does run through Jalen because mm-hmm. of what he gives you in the run game. See in the run game, he dictates how defenses have to play. And that gives you so much with the full context of your offense, it allows them to be really efficient in the pass game without having a huge playbook in the pass game because they know what they're going to get from defenses. And and that's why I think that the Rashad Penny move was a really, really good move because the bottom line is it's a schemed run game. It's not a run game. Like you think of Tennessee where, you know, mm-hmm. let's just give it to the big back. It's a schemed run game and Penny is a big back with power and, and the ability to really take it to the house. If he can stay healthy, and we all know that's an if, but two years ago, those last five, six, seven games of the season, he was as good a back as there was in the league. Mm. Um, And if he can stay healthy, you know, he's, he really gets, he ultimately is better for this offense than Miles Davis and Miles Davis. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> and the great musician um, I, li- I, listen to, I listen to music when I watch tapes sometimes you know and, and all different kinds of music so you know I guess I had Miles Davis on my mind you know um but he you know he's ultimately a better back for this offense than Miles Sanders and I have tremendous respect for Miles Sanders yeah. I thought he's had a terrific season I thought the last two years he showed increased toughness running inside um, yeah he did yep but, but I think that that uh Penny is just he's Pu- more purely explosive in terms of taking it to the house. And because it's so scheme, I mean, just look at the NFC championship game against San Francisco a great defense. And you guys probably remember that touchdown drive. I believe that put him ahead 14 7 in the second quarter, where the Gainwell 17 yard run and the Sanders 13 yard touchdown were the exact same play. Yeah. And the way. Yeah. That's a schemed play. They ended up with three-on-three to the weak side because of the formation and because of how a defense has to react to that because they essentially showed four strong, and the defense has to react to that in a certain way because of the Hertz factor. So the Hertz factor is so critical to their run game, which is why it's so highly schemed.
7: Well,
3: you know, you look at it um, offensively, defensively, and what they've added to this team – How do you think – you still think they're um, stacked above
8: everybody in the division, and where do you think they stack as far as being in the uh, conference? Well, offensively, they'll be really good. Even if the right guards are a work in progress, whoever it is, they're still going to be really, really good offensively. I mean, the quarterback's really good. Their running game – I think Gainwell is – we saw what he could do in the last five, six weeks of the season. Um, You know, I think their running back situation is really strong. Uh, we know about Brown and um, and Devonta Smith. I mean, Devonta Smith. I, I love watching him play. He's such a a good route runner and AJ Brown. Oh, great Robbie. route runner. Yeah, yeah. AJ Brown's very good. And and Dallas Goddard's a top three, four tight end in this league. People yes. don't talk about him. You know, we got hurt and missed those what four or five games, but he mm-hmm. is a top three, four tight end in this league. Um, you know. Even with the, the right guard position being a work in progress, their O-line is still really, really good. I mean, Barrett, it's amazing to me. Jason Kelsey, I feel like he's getting better with each season, you know, and, and how you do I'm that as he, keep, as he gets older, I don't know how you do that, you know. But he's exactly. just completely getting better with each season. Um, and, they're you know, so they're really good on offense. So defensively is what we just don't have answers to as we speak today. You know, new Mm -hmm. coordinator. There'll be a lot of new pieces. Um, I think it's really good that they kept their two corners. Um, You know, obviously they still have Sweat. They still have Reddick. You know, they signed Graham and Cox, who are more rotational players at this point. You know, I think Jordan Davis is 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 a big key to this. And if you're being honest, we just don't know.
2: Greg, I want to go back to uh, Jalen Hurst for just a moment because Barrett, Rob, and I have agreed to disagree about his usage in the run game uh, in a lot of ways. I don't like seeing my quarterback running a football 17 times right. in, in a game. Um, as strong as he, am, he ha- he, as he is, he has all the attributes to be a quarterback, but he has that exceptional ability with that leg strength to be a running back. But we saw him get nicked up a couple of times, and we saw throughout the k- careers, the brief careers of an RG3, and we saw what happened to Lamar Jackson last season the more you run the more you put yourself in harm's way Yep. what's a what's a good number for a quarterback like a jalen hurts when you if you're going to take off and run because too 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 many times for me he's got
8: double digits when it comes to carries yeah it's d gun it's a really difficult balancing act for yeah. this reason it's that the the running element that he brings dictates what defenses do and allows you to do things on offense that are really good. So it's it's really a difficult balancing act. I don't think there's a number. Um you know don't forget some of the runs also come from the fact that he can scramble and yeah. when you when, when quarterbacks that can scramble see space they go. And you know I remember Dick Vermeil used to come in when 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 Jaws was here all the time, you know, uh, he hasn't been on matchup for a number of years, but when he was on the matchup show, Dick Vermeule would come in and, you know, he said something that is so true. He said running quarterbacks run because they can, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's true, you know, and Jalen, I wouldn't call him a running quarterback in a strict sense. Right. Uh, but, you know, if he sees space, you know, he's going to go and, and guys like that. You know, it's like Josh Allen, too. You know, they're so confident in their ability. They don't think about getting hurt. You know, and, and you know, Barrett could speak to this better than you and I, Diego, because we yeah. weren't out there playing. Right. I don't think guys go out there thinking about getting hurt. I think nope. you play ball. And it is what it is. Everybody accepts in in this business that people do get hurt, but no one goes out there with the idea of, "Hey, I could get hurt today." You just go out and you play ball. It's just right there. Am I right? It's part of you're the. Deal. Absolutely right. Yep. I mean, you, if you deal. play, you play scared, then you know you you're not playing you right. Know, so so you know it's that's why it's such a tough. You know, their run game is is very very dependent on what on the hurts factor. Which doesn't mean him as a runner, but the fact that defenses have to deal with that and how they structure their defense. So if they give Jalen the opportunity to run based on what he sees, mm-hmm. you can't say to him, Don't run it, you know, because then you're taking away some really important things that your offense can do. So I mm-hmm. uh, you know, abstractly I agree with you, D gun, but mm-hmm. I I they're not gonna coach it that way. No. They're not gonna go into the season saying, you know what. We really don't want Jalen to run the football. You know, they might, as as the offense can now expand because Jalen's in it for another year. And, you know, obviously, even though the coordinator's gone, um, Brian Johnson's still here and he's the coordinator. So it, they're going to be doing a lot of the same things because it's Nick's offense probably for the most part. Yeah. They can expand the offense in some ways now that maybe they don't have to run him quite as much. But yeah. like I said, they're not going to say to him, don't run if, if you see it.
3: You gotta keep that threat, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, let me say this, is, Greg. You gotta put your Howie hat on.
8: <laughs> my, my investment portfolio is not big enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ten. Do we stay at
3: ten? And if we do stay at ten, what is the biggest? Well, I know they don't draft by need, but what do you think
8: they will pick? Well, at, at pick number ten. Here's the way I see it. I think that they probably have one or two guys that they're gonna really pinpoint. And I think if those guys are gone they're going to trade out Mm -hmm. because you know how he does that. And just to get more picks, if, if not, I really think that they would want to fortify their D line. Um, You could argue you never have enough corners because don't forget, um, even though slay and Bradbury are back. And I know Bradbury signed a three-year deal and slay. I think it was a two-year extension. Is that correct? Correct. They're still older players. You know, and now you get into, do they miss some time because of injury? You don't know. So you, in this league, as you guys know, you never have enough corners. So, you know, I think they probably based, and and they're still what, uh, almost five weeks to go until the Mm -hmm. draft, but they'll know who they want at corner based on their, their study, you know, and, and if they feel really strongly about a guy and he's there, My guess is they would take them if they feel really strongly about a defensive lineman. I think they would take them. But if those guys are gone, I would sense that they would might trade out, you know, um, and just try to get more picks.
2: Greg, um, a lot of people in this region are screaming for the Eagles to take Bijan Robinson, the the running back, out of Texas. That's not going to happen. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's where I'm going because I was told last week they're not going to take a running back in the first round, okay? But people are screaming, put him in that backfield, makes it a complete backfield. I just don't see the Eagles taking a running back. I don't care who it is. Well, they're not going to take a
8: running back at 10. I'm I'm not 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 going to say they wouldn't take one at 30 or in the second round, but they're not going to take him at 10. We know that. Do
2: you think it's a possibility of 30 if they stuck at 30?
8: If he was there? Yeah. Um well this may be this may be a controversial statement to some, but I would I would think that if if he was there and Jamar Gibbs was there, I think they'd have a a tough decision. Because yes. with the way they play offense, Jameer Gibbs, you know, is is a really is a really good pick. You know. Last summer I watched Jameer Gibbs when he was at Georgia tech. Okay. I didn't know anything about him. You know, he was a Georgia tech. They weren't a very good football team. Um, and I'm watching this guy on tape and it happened to be the same day that Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark and Shannon Crowder were in our building. And, um, they brought him by my office because they knew, you know, I watched tape and they're football guys. And I'm watching Jameer Gibbs and I got into a great conversation with Fred Taylor, who was to me, one of the great running backs who it's a absolutely. shame, you know, he got hurt yep. a little bit because yeah, he absolutely. was unbelievable. Florida
3: um, went to Florida and then went, you yeah. Know, but,
8: um, and I said to him, I said, you know, this Jameer Gibbs, he didn't, you know, he heard of him, but he didn't know anything about him. I said, you mark my words, this kid's going to be a first round pick, you know, because I, I think he'd already transferred to Alabama um, because I was watching him last summer and you know, he is really explosive. And because he can catch the ball and because he can line up anywhere in the formation, you know, the big question with Robinson, Bijan Robinson, and I love Bijan Robinson, I think yeah. he's clearly the best back in the draft if you're just you know, as a running back. The question is, does he need to be a volume runner in mm. order to be really effective? I don't know the answer to that question. And I don't think the Eagles run their offense mm. that way. So, you know, yes, is he a really good prospect? Absolutely. But the Eagles are not taking him at 10. Okay. All right. D-Gun, you agree with that, right?
2: Oh, I agree 100%. There's no way they take a running back at, at, at number 10. But yeah. people I don't are saying, either.
8: Yeah, see, I don't either.
2: I don't yeah, see I them taking a running back. If they, if they keep those two first round picks, I don't see them coming close to taking a running back. But you know what people are saying? If you don't take Bijan, and Dallas takes them, we're gonna lose our minds because you know Jerry Jones might do something like that in the middle to later parts of a round to replace Zeke. Is take a Bijan Robinson? Kids I think from
7: they Texas, pick around, great story. Right? Run.
3: Where
2: you
8: know. do they
3: pick? I think they pick right around twenty-six or yeah, something.
7: Yeah, but you like
8: know what? That. I don't know yeah. when. You can't make your picks based on that. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you can't um, make make your picks based on. Look, they signed Penny. I know it's a one-year deal, but yeah, You know, I think they feel. I would think they feel pretty good with Penny Gainwell and Scott right now. And yeah. and by the way. I have no idea what what their feeling is about Trey Sermon, who actually had a terrific final season at Ohio State. Yeah. I don't know what happened in San Francisco. I've heard good things, you know. Obviously he was a healthy scratch pretty much every week but one, but he's got a lot of ability too. So I don't think they see running back as an immediate need right now. Right. I don't think they're going to take a running back with a high pick. Well, I mean, to me, their
3: immediate need right now with with Kayvon Wallace and you know Reed Blankenship is the start of the safeties. I, I agree. That's, that's
8: but there isn't one, the one to take a ten. Time. There isn't one to take a ten, which is no. why uh, they could trade back. It's not a great safety class this year. No. no, I think the kid from Alabama is
3: probably the best you got going. Yeah, but he's almost
8: there. more of a slot corner slash right. safety. So right. I don't right. know if they would take him because they signed Avante a year or so ago to a deal. He's a good slot corner. You know, they're yep. not looking to replace him.
3: You think they could put him a safety though? I think I, I I'm I'm on Max, the lines of putting the, Maddox in safety, yes, and playing they could that hybrid put branch
8: at safety because he's played it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But no, you're right. Safety is a position they need to address for sure. Um, we'll see. You know, that's what the draft is for. Can't
2: wait. Hey, hey Greg, I want to ask you about a couple of things around the league uh, that are going on. Let's start with this Aaron Rodgers drama. Uh, your thoughts on the way he's holding two teams hostage and how, ah. how it plays itself out. I mean, this, this is one of the most ridiculous things ever. You hear the stories that he's requested from the Jets to get certain players to go out and get his boy, Alan Lazar from Green Bay. a says, I never asked him to get anything. You know, Green Bay wants to save face. When you think about the deal Seattle got for Russell Wilson going to Denver, four, five draft picks, four That's players. That's not going to happen here. That's, okay, so how do you see that? What do you think is a feasible move on the part of the Packers to well, to
8: give, give Rodgers to the Jets with their blessing? Yeah. I would defer to my friend Joe Banner here who says that basically because he knows the cap stuff, and I don't, sure. that the Packers are really the team that has the problem here yeah. because they're going to owe him all kinds of money, mm-hmm. and, and they've kind of made it clear yeah. that he's gone. So, you know, everybody assumes the Jets have to make this deal tomorrow. I mean, obviously, the Jets want to know who their quarterback is, but yeah. the Packers are the team that's liable for a boatload of money here. And they're so, going to pay,
3: have to pay some of that contract before he even goes to the Jets, right?
8: Right, right. So, you know, look, the Jets The Jets have a good football team. They had a good football team last year. They just had really spotty quarterback play. And, obviously, Brees Hall will be back. You know, he hurt, got hurt last year with the ACL. He'll yep. be back. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson is a really good receiver, you know, they did sign Lazard. He's a, he's a nice complement. Um, you know, they just got Mikko Hardman, who's a certain kind of player. They wanted a vertical dimension. He's not a volume target, but they want a vertical dimension because uh, it changes the way defenses play. Um, so they're a good football team. Um, they would certainly like to get their quarterback situation settled, but, you know, I think they understand that the Packers are really the team that, from what I understand anyway, they're the team that needs to, to get this done because they've kind of moved on. And if Aaron Rodgers is not traded, you know, they're, that's a weird situation. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, let's bring it back to the division. Um, Eric Bieniemy is now the mastermind yep. behind Washington's offense. How much better can he make that Washington offense when you look at the collection of pass catchers and weapons he has at his disposal?
8: Well, I think in an ideal world, they would mm-hmm. like, to start with the run game. Cause you know, the quarterback situation, um, you know, I think they would love to see Sam Howell be the quarterback. Yeah. Um, they were really happy with the way he developed in his rookie season. You know, obviously he didn't play except for that last game when he actually played pretty well. Um, And I think they'd like to have a strong run game because Brian Robinson is that kind of best. He's a volume runner. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to break 60 yard runs. They'd like to be in a situation where, you know, 17 to 22 carries a game, run the ball, work off that the play action pass game, take some shot plays with, with some good receivers that can get down the field in both uh, McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Um, You know, that's what they'd like their offense to be. Um, You know, my guess is the enemy was brought in because he can put together a really good run game as one of his strengths. Um, And I think that's what they'd like to do. You know, how it plays out, you know, if you're going to play like that, you need your defense to be good as well, because Mm. you can't, you can't play like that and, and have, you know, all of a sudden be down 17 three in the second quarter of games. So, you know, but I think ultimately that's what they would want. That remains to be seen. Okay. Uh, the Giants had
2: Paris Campbell, a wide receiver, yep. not one of the so-called big names on the open market, but Brian Dabo came out and said, we need, and they're bringing back Slayton, they're, they're, they're bringing back um, Shepard also. Brian Dabo said, we need receivers that can get an open space in a hurry. Yep. So so the first year, Brian Dabo had to go with what he inherited. Now you're starting to see him put his own niche. Does a Paris Campbell... And that much more to that offense. And of course, Daniel Jones gets his nice contract. Yeah. Do you expect that? Do you expect the Giants offense to be that much
8: better this year? Well, I expect Daniel Jones to continue to get better in okay. the same uh, offense that he was mm-hmm. in last year. Um, you know, I think Paris Campbell, his problem has always been durability. He gets injured, but Paris Campbell's been as a player. Number mm-hmm. one, he's big. So he's an interesting combination of being able to take short passes and run after catch and having vertical ability. So he is a guy, if you do get the ball in space, look, many might remember him at Ohio state. He caught a ton of those shallow crosses and just turned them upfield for big plays. He has that kind of ability. The the problem is he hasn't been able to stay on the field Mm. now. So they're taking a chance with him clearly uh, because of the durability issue. But, you know, again, that's what you have to do. He's still a relatively young player, and he does have that kind of ability.
2: And finally, what do you make of Mike McCarthy now calling the plays down in Dallas? Everybody on the outside looking in is laughing at the fact that, well, Dallas is
8: going to have another losing season if Mike McCarthy's (laughs) calling the
7: plays.
8: (laughs) You know, I don't really know what to make of that. I mean, I think that – I think they'd like to run the ball more, you know, it's funny, everybody talks about backs being devalued and the run game not being important until the run game is important. You know, it's yeah, one of those, yeah. It's not important until it is important. You know, and, and if you can't run it or you feel like you can't run it, it changes the way you play and you, you become easier to defend. Um, so, you know, no one ever suggests that, oh, no, you have to have a back carry 25 times a game. We know that that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I think that Mike McCarthy would like to run it more. Um, and we'll see how that, that works out. You know, it's obviously they Tony Pollard is there. I don't think he's a volume runner. Um, so they do need another back. Um you know, it's funny you mentioned B. John Robinson. I'm not sure they would want to do that for the reason that I'm not yeah, you know, I I I think he's a volume runner and, and, and with Pollard there, yeah, I'm just not sure how that would work. Because yeah, be by committee with how with the Pollard. Yeah, touches which doesn't like i said he's not going to get 20 carries a game but you don't want to be in a situation where all of a sudden pollard is getting eight touches a game i mean pollard mm-hmm. is an explosive player right um, and you know you you want him to be a significant part of your offense well, appreciate, my, you, Definitely my, my, appreciate you man appreciate yeah
2: my final question to you because i know I, I don't want to take because i know you got the wheels spinning and the tapes rolling my final question to you is this as we sit here today and we look at all the moves that have been made around the NFL and more importantly the NFC, which team is the biggest obstacle to the Eagles, if on the Eagles' mission of
8: trying to get back to the Super Bowl in the NFC? I mean, the team that I, I think I'm most curious about are the Giants because okay. I think that their uh, their coaching staff is really good. You know, Wink Martindale is their defensive coordinator. Um, I thought they made a great signing with Bobby Okereke, who's a really good linebacker. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, second year, I think they're going to be better on both sides of the ball, whatever that means. One lost record, you know, who can answer that on March 23rd, but, but, you know, I think that they're really a a well-coached, well-structured team, you know, Daniel Jones for a couple of years, everybody laughed at him. He's, you know, He's not an A-level quarterback, but he's a solid NFL quarterback that you can line up and play with. He's a smart guy. Yeah. He's going to be better in his second season under Brian Dable. They'll have better weapons. You know, I think, I think they're, to me, they're the most intriguing team as we sit here today.
2: All right, all right. That'll do it, uh, Greg. I can't thank you enough for uh, giving us a few minutes of your valuable time, and I know how valuable your time is. He is a senior producer at NFL Films, executive producer of and analyst of the NFL matchup with our friend and colleague Sal Palantonio. Follow him at Greg Cosell on Twitter. G. Hopefully, we can get you back on the show after the draft and throughout the summer and talk some more football, my friend. I appreciate you taking appreciate time, you, to Greg. Hop on
8: with us, man. G-Gun, Barrett, really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, brother. You have a great day and a Absolutely, great weekend. Bro. All right, uh, we're going to step aside for uh, a moment. When we come back, we're going to pick up the Eagles talk again because, as I promised Mr. Brooks, I have a few more potential for, uh, veteran free agent running backs. I want to ask him about would they be a fit. also want to look at the safety position. I got a list of six or seven names at the safety position to see if it piques Barrett's interest. Of course, coming up at 2 o'clock, as I said, Derek Bogner to talk about the 76ers. Joel Embiid and and how do you load manage him and and take a look at the 76ers last nine games which are all against uh, potential playoff teams. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. This is the Thursday edition of Sports Take. We'll be right back after this pause for the cause.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes.
4: Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay
7: to be afraid...
4: As long as you face the fear... And keep moving forward...
6: Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence, keep the umbrellas on hand with action news and AccuWeather, numerous tornadoes, your go to team when severe weather strikes, the water
9: is still rising,
6: keeping you prepared wherever you watch action news and AccuWeather, the team you trust
9: we all know that taxes are just part of life it's true during our working years but also in retirement but what you might not know is up to 85 percent of your social security benefits might be taxed our team at thrive financial has helped retire thousands of people across the delaware valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their social security benefits might be taxed it's time to be proactive on taxes get your thrive retirement tax playbook today
2: hey we welcome you back in this edition of sports take everybody along with uh my man Blue by You, Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. <laughs> and before we had Greg Cosell on, and we can't thank him enough for coming on and dropping some knowledge on us. Before we had him on, Barrett, I was running through a list of potential running backs that you thought would or would not fit into the Eagles offensive scheme. So I want to pick that up again. And I'm gonna start with this name because he is a running back that I've always liked. You never get to see enough of him. Um he's 30 years old. How about JD McKissick? formerly of Washington, could be back with Washington. He only played eight games last year, only had 22 carries, only 95 yards, but he averaged almost four and a half yards a carry. You know, he's 5'10", a buck, 94, one of these little scat backs, you know, who can do a lot
3: of damage in open space. Does he pique your interest? Um, I'm going to say no. If okay. I was going to get a back like that in that fashion, um, I think I would go with a guy we saw the last game of the season, and Jarek McKinnon. Ooh, okay. You know – um, He's bigger than McKissick, and I think he has a little more of a skill set level that you can use him in a lot more ways. Um, we're talking about a guy, you know, with straight, you know, great straight line speed, catch out the backfield, run those crossing routes. You remember how he was running away from defenders? Yep. Um, he would be a guy that would work well in our system. So, if I was going to get a smaller back like that, instead of getting McKissick's, I would get um, McKinnon. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm glad you brought McKinnon up because McKinnon at 5'9 to 209. He has 72 carries, 291 yards, four yards a carry. The big thing is he had 56 receptions. Right, right. And he's 31. He's a year older than McKissick, but you like him a little bit better than you do McKissick. Yes, I do. I think
3: he's more explosive and more of a um a big play threat. He's a he's a he's to me, he's a football player as opposed to just being a running back. Yep. He's a football player.
2: So. He had nine touchdowns uh, receiving also for Kansas City this past season. Ah, da, da. You know, Andy Reid loves to throw that football. And he doesn't care. If you can catch the ball, he's going to get it in your hand some kind exactly, of way. Exactly. All right, I'm going to go into the geriatric ward and, and bring up a name <laughs> for running backs. Mark Ingram, 34 years old, 5'9", 215. You know his, you know his game. We've seen it long enough. Does he still have anything left in the tank, or is he past his prime? You know, we talk about this being a young man's game. Again, he's 34 years old, but he wouldn't have to carry a load
3: in this type of offense. Uh, He doesn't pick my interest. Um, We already have a a Mark Ingram when we signed Rashad Penny. So I I think he's more of that type of back. I mean, if we'd have caught him three years earlier, Okay. They've been all to the good. But right now, I, I can't see him being more productive than Rashad Penny. All
2: right. I'm going to bring up a name that has been basically a journeyman in his young career. And I thought when he came out of college, he was going to be a decent, steady back in the NFL. See if you remember this name Jeremy McNichols.
3: Jeremy McNichols. Didn't okay. he? Uh, he, went he-, to, uh, he went to, he went to, North
2: Dakota State or something like that? He or? went to um he went to Boise State. Boise State. That's what a Boise State. And as a one. sophomore, he ran for over 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. Right, right. Now, he was drafted in the fifth round uh, by Tampa Bay in 2017. But this dude, he's he was released by Tampa Bay. He was at San Francisco. He was at the Colts. He's been at Denver, Tennessee, Chicago, Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh this past year. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, because in five years in the NFL, he's only had played 31 games, 90 carries, 364 yards, average four yards uh, a touch, and only one touchdown. I don't know what happened to him, but this dude cannot find a home.
3: But he was a good back coming out of college. He was a good back, you know, steady back, you know, but he was a volume carrier, like, you know, and there's just not a lot of those guys in the league these days. You know, it's become such a specialized league and, and it's so much passing game. I think the only teams that run more than the Eagles do or Tennessee number one and Baltimore number two, and Mm -hmm. they've already got back. So I I don't think that he would fit necessarily our system. And plus, you know, I mean, we, we, we have better running backs in our stable right now than him. Okay. All right. Can't disagree with you
2: there. Uh, Let's move on to the safety spot because as you mentioned to, uh, to, uh, Greg Cosell a few moments ago, right now, what we're looking at on the back end of this defense is Reed Blankenship and, uh, with De- who's a, De- a, De- a Davion Taylor, yes, okay, on the back end, which we're both kind of shaky about here.
3: No, 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 Davion um, Taylor is um, a linebacker, a linebacker, you're right. Um, um well, right now we have uh, Ree- Wal- and and Kayvon Wall.
2: okay, yes, yeah. which which makes you which makes you a little nervous back there right now, bro. Right. Right, I, so I, I, I started uh, shaking
3: as soon as you said that, <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we doing right now?
2: Well, let's see what they could do now there's some, there's some interesting names out here on the free agent market as far as safeties. And I'm going to start with the guy I've watched, uh, watched him when he was Chicago, watched him when he was in green Bay, 30 year old Adrian Amos, 102 tackles last year, second on green Bay, only one interception, six foot two fifteen. 15. Uh, he's considered one of the better safeties in the game.
3: Wouldn't call. He's still out there. wouldn't cost you a pretty penny. Would, would he, would he pique peak your interest? Well, he probably peaking um, the defensive coordinators, Interest also, because he played for him, you know, the side, yep. you know, coached him. Uh, does he pique my interest? Yeah, he piques my interest. Can we afford him? Heck no. I mean, he's going to want do we know top him? dollar money. He's going to want Wait. top dollar money, man. You know, he, Dude, he's, he's both not getting top dollar money. Well, he's going to be more than he's, he, he's going to cost more than we can get him. We can bring him in, though, because he, he he's not going to take a hometown discount to come here. So, I mean, would I like him here? I Absolutely, I would like him here. I mean, he's a player, man. You know, he showed yeah. us man. He was he was putting it on us when we played against him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I I I like him. I like Adrian uh Amos. He can come in, he'll be a solid starter. He'll be along the lines of a guy that you know that's out free agent right now, also that was played was a former Eagle. You know what I'm saying? Went to Indianapolis. What's yep. his name? Um Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod, you know, same guy, same guy, you know, just a little younger. Rodney was next on my list. Rodney is 33 now.
2: He was on good morning football yesterday and he said he would not be opposed to finishing out his career back here in Philadelphia. Now McLeod, oh, check this out. He played all 17 games last year for the Colts. McLeod had 96 tackles tied for third best on the team. Uh, he, he had eight tackles for a loss. Very heads up, very instinctive player. Not the fastest player sideline to sideline, but is a steady, a steady player in the back end. Is is Rodney too old to come back and play for this defense? When no. you consider you have a 32-year-old corner in Darius Slay and a 30-year-old corner in James Bradbury.
3: And 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 two defensive linemen that are 34 or 35 years old, anyways. <laughs> um, no, what it what, I mean, he came back from that injury, played better it, and balled out against us. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind having him back. I think he'll give a hometown discount also.
2: I, I agree back. with you. I think you, I to agree with back. you 100.
3: So yeah, Rodden McLeod out of, yeah. out of anybody on that list, I say he's probably the guy that um, that we can get back with the with that talent level. He would give us a, a hometown discount definitely. Mm. All right, some more interesting
2: names on, on the list. How about? Uh the team you're familiar with, Terrell Edmonds, 26 years old, played 15 games at 70 tackles, two sacks. Uh, he was a 2018 first-round pick, 6'1", 217, five years in the league.
3: How about a Terrell Edmonds? Love him. Love him, man. But he's another one of those guys, probably priced himself out of coming back to the – in fact, I think he stays with uh, the Steelers. I think they're trying to work out a deal that he's going to stay back with the Steelers. So, um would love to have him here. Great size. Still a really good player. I would love Terrell Edmonds. Come on, his his brother just got paid. Yeah, he did. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he you did. know, it, you know, it's one of the unique got the unique family, unique families that have three three sons in the league. Him, Terrell, the, the Watts family. Yeah, the Watts family. Yeah, they, yeah. So yeah, would I want him back? I definitely would. In fact, um, he was he was actually came out to that charity basketball, um, charity baseball game. That uh Devontae Smith had. Okay. And he was here. I guess they're really good friends, you know, had the same agent and everything. So, you know, I, I think I think Terrell Terrell goes back to, to the Steelers, but I would love yeah. to have him here. Yes. All
2: right. How about uh 28-year-old Keanu Neal, who played in Tampa Bay last year? He played the entire season, 63 tackles, four sacks, six foot, two eleven, another former first-round pick. Anybody who plays in Tampa's defense under a Todd Bowles,
3: i got to be interested in You have to be interested in him. You know, he can play, man. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's something I would think about. He's he's a box safety more so than anything. Hence, that's why he has, you know, sacks and, you know, those type of numbers. But will he fit in our system? I think he would. He'd be the extra cover, though, because, you know, they run a lot of cover, too, you know, as, as Greg uh, talked about, because they do a lot of zone blitzing. You know, zone blitzing means it. They might bring five. It looks like it looks like a blitz when they bring it four, but it's yep. not. You know, so I mean, can't I, what I bring him back here? Um, that's tough, man. Because I remember when he played for Dallas. Mm. He didn't do much at Dallas. Mm. He did some things when he was with you know Atlanta. Didn't do anything with Dallas, but did something last year in uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I, if we did bring him, I'm hoping that he would come in and, and do what he did when he was like in Atlanta when he was in uh when he was uh in Tampa Bay.
2: Okay, all right. What about 30 uh, year old Devin Bush? Uh, Deion Bush played most of his career in Chicago. Last year played in Kansas City, played 16 games, 11 tackles. He's more of a of more of a center fielder type. He's not one of these big hitter types, but can cover a lot of ground. 30 years old again, six foot, 200 pounds. Do, do you like a Deion Bush?
3: not really not really no nah. okay not really
2: all right last name on my list 33 year old Lamarcus Joyner, 58 185 play for the jets 57 no. tackles no? no too small
3: too small I, I just don't like him as a player one guy on the list that you should put on the list and I, I, yeah. I really I really really like him um he played in he he was actually drafted in the second round. By uh by, by um the Rams, okay. and that's Rap, Taylor Rap,
2: Taylor Rap, young
3: okay. guy, 26 years old, uh still playing in his you know mm-hmm. he just finished playing in his rookie deal, they're letting him walk, but I really believe he can come in and play well, learn the system and and play well in this system, so that's a name we should be looking for, um, might have an opportunity to come in and play. His name is Taylor Rap. All right, Safe. all right. I'm
2: gonna, put, I'm gonna write that name down to keep it on the list. Who knows? You know, if 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 if, if Rob Ellis can get people fired, you can get people hired. Right. So I will get put put that on on the list. All right. I, I got some I got some questions for you. i mean, I'm curious to hear your your perspective on this. And I'm gonna have some, I've got one, two, three, four, five, maybe six, seven questions I want to ask you. All right. First of all, start with Dallas Goddard. Goddard's been in the league five years. Okay. He's never had a thousand yard season receiving. His best season was 2021 56 catches, 830 yards, 14.8 yards per average four touchdowns. Will we ever see Dallas Goddard who is identified as one of the top four or five uh, tight ends in the game today? Will we ever see him pass that thousand yard plateau?
3: Absolutely. He would have done it this year. If it wasn't for his injury, he'd have done it this year. Um. Even in 2021, he would have done it, but we had just traded Zach Ertz um, halfway through the season. That's the only reason why he didn't do it. If he just started the season off at the number one, and then had to compete against Zach Ertz, then he would have, you know, we, he would have had a thousand yards that year. So um, he is so talented that they haven't scratched the surface on how good he can be. And I think this year is the year that he does get to that thousand yard mark because he's going to use he's going to be used a lot more. By you know, Jalen Hurts, the mm-hmm. tight end's the, the you know, quarterback's best friend, and those two are starting to get a little chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have 2,000 yard receivers on the outside, but Dallas Goddard in the middle can open up all that and, and it becomes even more of a threat when he becomes that in that, that guy that could work the middle of the field, right, and be that target that you know, Jalen Hurts needs to keep the chains moving. A lot of I- the times we had to go out to AJ Brown, especially when, when uh, Goddard went down. But I can see us really, really making strides, making strides in his career, and and Jalen Hurts getting better by going mm. to him.
2: Um, Dallas played twelve games this past season, uh, fifty five catches, seven hundred two. Um, I, I love your analysis on him on him. I don't know if he'll ever get to a thousand yards receiving only because of how diversified that offense is. They like to incorporate so many different people. And that includes the backside of the backfield. You know, they're not shy about throwing to the backs out of the backfield. You look at Gainwell. Gainwell had uh, how many catches? He had, tw- he had 23, only 23 receptions, but they'll throw to Boston Scott. They threw to Miles Sanders. And I think, As good of a tight end as Goddard is, I think that hurts his ability to possibly pass that 1,000-yard plateau. When you have 2,000-yard receivers on one team, you know, there ain't enough balls to go around to everybody. You know what I mean?
3: Well, see, there it is, though. Yeah. You keep the chains moving with a Dallas Goddard. Yes. You have big play potential on the outside. But you keep the chains moving. You keep drives going. The more drives you keep going, the more opportunity the guys get to get the ball. And that's where Dallas Goddard is going to specialize in. He's going to be this team's chain mover. He's going to get those tough first downs they need to keep drives going. Then you can go over the top and go to those other receivers because everybody's going to focus in on, you know, Dallas Goddard. Things open up when Dallas Goddard starts playing better, I mean, playing at that, the level we know he can play at. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. Yes, there's not a lot of football. I mean, not a lot of balls out there because, you know, there's only so much you can do within the offense because you got so many good players. But you have so many good players. He can open up to those good players just by his production and keeping the chains moving and keeping his offense on the field. Okay. All right, let's move on to Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell
2: played all 17 games last year. He had 53 carries, only 53 carries because Miles Sanders got the bulk of the carries. 240 yards, four touchdowns. He also added 23 catches, buck 69, but no touchdowns. We saw in the latter stages of the season and into the playoffs that it appeared the Eagles trusted Gainwell more so than they trusted Miles Sanders in the backfield. With that said, and as I said back in early February, Miles, uh, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be their lead back. Doesn't mean a feature back. I don't think there is a such thing in Eagles offense as a feature back. How many more touches do you expect him to get? Again, 53 carries in 17 games. He was umbrellaed by Miles Sanders. Now that Miles Sanders is no longer in his way, you expect to see his numbers go significantly up. Significantly.
3: I'm talking about over 200, you know, 200 carries. Really? You know what I'm with, yeah. Even with Penny back there. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not, not 200, but right around 150. <laughs> Apples are right about the same thing because Kenneth Gainwell he can run in between the tackles. And that was really what they were trying to see. Can they maintain this offense without Miles Sanders? And they showed that they could do it the last five, you know, four or five games, especially in the playoffs. They split reps, Miles Sanders and him split reps. It, it almost went 50-50 as far as how many carries Gainwell had, how many carries Miles Sanders had. And I think number one, it was twofold. Number one, okay. Um, they were trying to see if he could he could he could take on the punishment of being a guy that could be a feature back. That's number one. Number two, they want to see what else he can do and can he be as explosive as they saw in practice in game type situation. Mm-hmm. And he showed both of those. So in, in turn, you know, it made it an easier situation for them to let Miles Sanders go. You know, okay. so yes, he can do it. He will have more than 50, 50 carries. He'll have right around about 100, hundred and fifty carries going into next year. He he'll come in, he'll be a plug-and-play guy. Yes, you know, Penny will get his his carries also, but I just like his explosiveness and they like his explosiveness. And when he and and, and, and Jalen Hurts are in the backfield together is pick your poison because they ran plays differently yeah. when Gainwell was in there. And it, I mean, it wasn't that they were the same plays as Miles Sanders, but they put the launch areas in which he got the ball. They made that different. They told him, look, don't look to run it inside like Miles Sanders does. What we want you to do is stretch the defense. As soon as you get it, we want you to kick it outside and outrun guys to the corner. And that system worked. So then they did turn around and give it to him. It opened back up the middle. And that's why they were able to have some success running in the middle of the defense again. Because Mm -hmm. now, you know, Jalen can get that, you know, you have to defend Jalen and the running back on the outside. Okay. All right. Next one. Should it be
2: or is the Quest Watkins experiment over last season? 17 games uh 33 catches 354 yards 10.7 yards per catch three touchdowns should it be oh should should the Quez Watkins experiment be over or should you give him at least one more year he's coming up on his fourth year 2023 as a professional football player
3: where do you stand sir you know I hate to hate on people and their skill set and what they unless do it's guys. me right Right. <laughs> but, you know, I I, I just got to be very honest and tell the truth. When you are given a job to do, you got to do that duty. Do that duty. You've got to fulfill that duty. His job, his focus on this team was to be that deep threat, taking a top-off type of offensive player. Yep. Meaning if you throw the ball up to it, you got to go get it. And too many times, he he, he didn't fulfill that end, in, end of the deal. He didn't fulfill that bargain that they gave him. You know, that's his job, to take the top off the defense. And in the Super Bowl, that non-catch, bro, when you're an NFL football player, you're an NFL receiver, the ball hits your fingertips. It's supposed to be a catch. The ball hit his hands, and he didn't catch it. Against Washington. He had the ball and fumbled it against Dallas. He allowed them to pick the ball off twice from him being non-committal in the middle of that defense and catching a rock. You get paid to make big plays and he didn't fulfill his part of the bargain. So am I done with it? I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm done cause I'm not going to hate on him, but I'm going to say this, they're looking at him side-eyed right there. And I, I they have to be looking for another third receiver. To 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 do that, man. You gotta facilitate what they're asking you to do, and he's not doing it, man. Me, I got to talked towards the end of my career. I knew my job. I was supposed to be the best sixth man off the bench. That was my job. Somebody got hurt, whether it's guard, center, or tackle, I'd have to be that guy going in there. I had to be the guy to go in and and play at a level in which there was no um uh, there was no stopping the offense. It had to be exactly the way if the starter was in there. So that's what I did. That's why I played 12 years. If I couldn't do that, I'd have probably just played seven or eight years. Mm. But I knew when I was in the game, I was I was taxed, I was tasked to play like a starter. And that's what I did. Mm. That was my job. That was my role. His job, his role is to take the top off the defense. Now, it don't matter how fast you are, if you're taking the top off the defense. Every time you throw it up to you, you're gonna drop it. They'll hell, they'll stop covering you. Just let you run down the field. How oh, they gonna throw them, he gonna drop it. No need even covering him. You gotta do it, man. And he did not do it. So, I mean, am I done with him? I'm not gonna say that I'm done with him because I ain't got nothing to do with him. But that team is definitely looking at tape, looking at what he was supposed to do in the heat and, and lack of production. He should have, I mean, just in those two, those two plays I'm talking about the the the, the uh, play against that, da- I mean, not the play against that, da- the play against Washington when he fumbled. It. That should have been like, 50, 60 yards mm-hmm. and a 50, 60-yarder in the Super Bowl. That's 100 more yards he should have had. So that puts him over 400 yards passing on just two plays, man. Not to say the 30-yard play and the 20-yard play he had in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? That, that's almost 500 yards he he dropped. He just flat-out dropped. So, no, I mean, I can't say him – I can't trust him being that guy right now. I can't. I can't uh,
2: that, that pass he dropped in the Super Bowl could have been a game changing play.
3: It was a game changing play. Yeah, yeah. well, it
2: there. was right. it wasn't because he dropped it, but I'm saying, hey, right, he caught it. It right. could have been a game changing play for the Eagles.
3: Well, it changed the game because he dropped it, and yeah. it gave uh, Kansas City an opportunity to go out there and stop us. Yeah, yeah. They didn't stop us. He stopped. He quit on the route. Number one. Number two. <laughs> he caught up with it. Had it in his hands. And still didn't fulfill it. fulfill the deal. Come on, man. That's now amazing. I
2: don't I don't I don't know what the Eagles are thinking in terms of him right now, as you don't, but it's wide open for him to redeem himself. Zach Pascal has moved on to Arizona now. Um and you said they're looking for a number three. We all thought he was going to emerge as that number three receiver. Has it done it yet? If there's ever an opportunity for him to prove people wrong, it's this spring and this summer to change people's mindset of him.
3: Well, that narrative has not changed me right now. The narrative <laughs> the narrative is I need somebody that's going to go out there and catch the big play. You All know
2: right. what I'm saying? Okay. All right, next topic. What can we expect from 32-year-old Darius Slay?
3: Uh, I, you know what? He's a proud player. He's a very proud player. He still has elite skill set at a man-to-man type of corner. So in saying that, his game will will be up there and he'll be one of the top five, six corners in the league. Again, put your money on it. Mm. Put your money on it. Okay. all right. That's the type of player he is. That's the type of player I know him to be. You know what I'm saying? The way he talks, he talks the talk and he walks the walk. Now, you know, a game or two, you know, he might have made some mistakes, but at at the end of the day, he's still a top-level corner in this league. You know what I'm saying? He He was a pro bowler. So, do I think he's going to be back to that level? I think he's going to get back to the level and surpass that level. Number one, he's a proud player, and people, you know, talking trash about him—that's going to make him work even better. It's going to make him work even harder. He's going to come back with a vengeance. Uh huh. You can be there. Uh huh. See, I told you. You know, don't 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 look at me now. Don't call me Slay now. You got all y'all thought I was Darius. Now I'm big play Slay. Y'all, uh-huh. with, with the the names that they have for him right now. He's writing out. He's writing them in his in his, in his in his book. He's writing them down right now. Uh huh. No place to play. All that type of stuff. Uh huh. You know. He's writing all that stuff down. He he's taking receipts, bro, and he's gonna go out and play, at the top level because of what he heard and what he's hearing right now, from from everybody. What he's hearing right now, he's definitely um, taking an account of that and gonna play at a high level because of that.
2: Hey, man, People in this chat are cold blooded. When we were talking about Quez Watkins, they're causing him. Them- Quez in re- reference to <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. Uh, who's, the, who's that? The GG Meta Quez one Um, wow, wow. Hey.
3: Then
2: we got another one here. that a uh, uh, Baron von Cyclonus says Quez Dropkins. That's cool, man. That's cold <laughs> hey, blooded, man. Uh, we should, I should also throw this into as an update, uh, because I'm seeing it all over Twitter. Uh, Reese Hoskins. Uh, suffered a knee injury in a non-contact situation today uh, down in spring training. And people are saying, doesn't look good. That would be a big loss for them. You know, if that happens, Uh, uh, obviously we'll keep watching uh, to see exactly what's going on. And if we get any updated information, we'll pass it along as well. But uh, yeah, Reese Hoskins um, went down with a knee injury and obviously you know, we're not going to speculate right now. We see these things happen all the time in sports. Guys buckle, knee buckles. You know, for the most part, we know you, you know it's going to be a serious injury. Uh, But every now and then, you get a report after they do MRIs and testings and stuff that hey, it's just a, a sprain. You know, whether it's an MCL, you know, grade one, grade two sprain, whatever the case may be. So keep your fingers crossed uh in that regard. All right, Uh going back to the Eagles for a moment.
3: Wow, so 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 oh uh, man, that that that's that's. That's used, man. So I mean, you you still keep Alec Alec Bomb at third base? I don't
2: know, man. Or what about Hall? Oh yeah, yeah Hall I, put, I just put Hall. I
3: just put Hall right there, yeah. plug and play, first base.
2: Yeah, I think you got to keep Boehm where he's most comfortable, and you know, Baum had struggles early on in the season, but really came on in the latter part of the season. I think he's he's a, he's a given there, so I think you have to uh, keep him there. All right, a uh, one guy that you've talked about a lot, five eleven, two thirty one. Let me ask you this.
3: Do you want to see Nicobe Dean play inside or outside? And why? Inside. I want to play the Mike linebacker. I want him to be the, the focal point of this defense. That's what he plays. That's what he played in college. And that's I think mm-hmm. where he's most comfortable with. You know, even though he's small, he knows how to play the position. And 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 he uses that as a strength for him. You know what I'm saying? You can't get your hands on him. He makes you bend over, you know what I'm saying? He could, at times, you know, be, get you know overwhelmed or, or engulfed by by blocks, but mm-hmm. he's played well enough that he can mm-hmm. undercut those type of things. He's he's a student of the game. He reads things fast. Mm-hmm. He uh, he diagnoses things fast. His best skill set is his ability to read and react faster than what the offensive line can get on him. You know, he makes plays because mm-hmm. he's so instinctual. So he, I want him at that Mike linebacker position. Put Morrow at the Will linebacker. Okay, okay. You know i saying I believe he's also a guy that can blitz. I think he'll blitz better than um, T.J. Edwards. I, he's a special wow. player, man. He's a special player, man. And, I, and I, I see him, I see him making some strides and, and really becoming a, a force in the middle of that defense and a force in the, in the uh, division.
2: Okay, um, we talked about this a few moments ago with Greg Cosell. Is it a given that Cam Jurgens moves into that right guard spot, or is it open competition?
3: It's it's always an open competition, but when I look at that spot, they want their best five players on the offensive line in the game, and because of that, I think he is one of our best five players. Um, you you I mean he got Sue Oppede? He when he's you know he can play. Is he better than Cam Juergens at the guard position? Right. Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they didn't play him a lot. It's between him and Jack Driscoll. Him, Jack Driscoll, and, uh, and, and Cam Juergens for that right guard position. I hmm. just think their best five, you put you know, Cam Juergens at the right tackle, I mean, right guard position. I think he plays better at right guard than anything. Okay. Which leads us to, you know, that's why they got to keep Jack Driscoll. As that swing tackle. But in saying that, looking at the guys they have um um mm-hmm. at the tackle positions, they have some guys that played a little bit, man. Like you know, Roderick Johnson. Roderick Johnson, he's actually from the crib, he's from St. Louis, yeah, played at Florida State, big offensive lineman, number sixty six. Kid is six foot seven, three hundred <sighs> pound. You know what I mean? That's some big guys on the offensive line, you know. So oh. um, you know, I I, I know it's going to be tough trying to figure out who's going to be the swing tackle, who's going to be the, the backup guard, you know, it's, it's, it's so much uncertainty right now. Um, they got a six foot six guard named Jer- um, Jared Williams, six foot six, 325 pounds Yeah, he plays tackle plays guard. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I like Out of all the guys there, I like um, Roderick Johnson, not because he's from St. Louis, but he has the most experience um, at, at, at playing. He played a lot when he was with the Texans. Mm. So, you know, I see him as a guy that will come in and, and, and give us a little burn. All
2: right, finally, will Rashad Penny finish what he starts in 2023 based on what we know of him and his injury history? Man, don't get me the line, man. I don't know. <laughs> come on, come on. That's why I hit you with this. Come right. on now.
3: You know what? I mean, I, I, I will say yes, because it's not the same system he ran when he was with uh, when he was with um, the Seahawks. He's not going to have to be that bell cow back. They rotate guys so mm-hmm. much that, you know, he's going to try to take advantage of the time and opportunities that he has in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, you know, they're going to be playing, you know, Kenneth Gainwell instead of him. So he's going to want to make sure that he makes an impact when he's in there. That way he stays out there a little more. But I don't think he's going to have enough reps to really get hurt. You know, this running back by committee, man, it does well for them because it doesn't get an offense. I mean, a defensive bead on, you know, on the offense because those guys are so versatile in what they do. So, yeah, right. you know, I think he he weathers it and um, he plays because he's going to take less reps, number one, less of a pounding play at the play, number two.
2: All right. Uh, are, are, are you lying or are you telling the truth? Because based on what you just said, don't get me lying. I, should I believe everything you just said?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, I mean, no one is it's less of an opportunity to get hurt. And plus, yeah. you know, you get most players get hurt when they get tired. Yeah. And he won't yeah. have time to get tired because those guys will be rotating in and out.
2: All right. Uh, good chat. Uh, we're going to step aside right now when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on around the league and some other topics as well. And of course, coming up at two o'clock, uh, NBA insider Derek Bodner will join us to talk about the 76ers, the stretch run. Uh, James Harden has missed the last couple of games uh, because of Achilles soreness. We'll talk about that and more. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. You are locked into this Thursday edition of Sports Take. We're back on the other side.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured, your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
5: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call
4: 215-458-2222.
0: Heading down the shore.
5: My name is uh, Franz and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
2: If you are on the East Coast and in the Eastern time zone of the United States, it is 146 on this Thursday. You are locked into Sports Take. That studious individual right there is Barry Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. It's amazing how we get to a certain stage in life and we, we're we all wearing glasses. Greg Cosell got glasses on. You're wearing glasses. I'm wearing glasses. It, it, it's amazing,
3: you know. Uh, well, I, I mean, especially like I gotta wear these because these are blue blocker glasses. I mean, not not blue right. blocker, the, the blue light glasses. Yep. But I actually wear glasses, um, you know, to, to see like when I do college football games to see the field. What? I have to wear glasses. I didn't to know that. The field. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, to see the. So you're in a press
2: box the and you got to wear glasses to see the field.
3: Yeah, to see the players. Yeah. So I, I had I no really idea. Yeah, man. I got them. Or when I'm at work and I got to read the prompter. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta wear glasses oh, there too. Yeah,
7: so Dude, you know. uh,
2: I've gotten to a point basically doing this show and other things. I'm on a computer so much, I can't look at the computer now without wearing reading glasses because the comp- computer screen's blurred.
3: Yep. yep, and I'm like, wow. And I've never I've never had to wear glasses before. Oh, I'm look, like, they, they remember the blue blockers, that the blue the blockers. Blue- they remember that rap to do. <laughs> the rap the blue blockers rap
2: yeah 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 uh well in in case you hadn't heard um you know we mentioned it a moment ago uh reese hoskins uh philly's first baseman down in spring training today suffers a non-contact uh knee injury and everything we're seeing is doesn't look good but again obviously that's speculation right now so we'll try to get more information to you today. If not, more so tomorrow uh, as well. But you know, uh, praying for you, Reese. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. good ball player. You know, good ball player, and in an integral part of what the Phillies hope to accomplish in uh, 2023. And he's uh, you know, he's
3: working in this lame duck contract too, man. So he has a yeah, lot of proof. Yeah, yeah. got you know interview for other teams, man. So it's imperative he gets back and plays well. Yeah, you know, from his baseball future. Um, all right. Dabbling
2: into the NFL a little bit more. Um, as we talked about yesterday, the Jets went out and signed uh, a speedster, Miko Hartman off from Kansas City. And we were talking about, man, the, the Jets got more pass catchers than they have balls to go around. So what do they do after we get off the show? They trade Elijah Moore to Cleveland. Now the Jets trade Moore and a third round pick to Cleveland Cleveland gets a second-round pick, and Cleveland now has the 42nd and 43rd picks overall in the upcoming NFL draft. Of course, those both of those picks will be in the second round. Not a bad haul for both teams, but, Barry, the Jets keep making moves like they're confident beyond a shadow of a doubt. They're getting Aaron Rodgers, but as you've talked about, I've talked about, Rob Ellis, Greg Cosell, other people. We, it's a little bit more complicated than just your regular trade here. I mean, you Absolutely. got one dude. You got one dude playing a
3: role of Jesse James holding up two banks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's it's crazy that you know, but you got such a talent in a Rod. But I mean, is he poison, man? I, I, I was reading, you know, some of the comments, and yeah, you know, a lot of guys, you know, on, on the on the streamer saying, you know, he might be poison, man. You know, he might poison that whole locker room, you know, with with his. You know, indecisive message that he gives all the time, and you know, I mean, he just—he just—it doesn't seem like he he has the team's best interest at hand. It's all about him, and I mean, I understand it. You know, he's been the best quarterback. He was the best quarterback, uh, maybe four or five years ago, until you know these young bucks came into the mm-hmm. to the league. You know, Allens and the and then Mahomes, and you know now the Hurts is uh, you know, these young players, he's time for them to hand over the torch, you know, and allow them, you know, the mother guys to go out there like love. Oh, I, I still want to see love. Like if if you were if you were the Green Bay Packers right now going right. to the spring. Would you hand love the ball now? I would have Taking all the reps. I would, you know, to, to, to tell a ride. Hey, man, Don't even come to practice. Don't even come to, to work. I mean, is that something you would do? Uh yeah, but then you're stuck on the hook,
2: Hey, If he retires, you still owe him a boatload of money. Um, but I think Green Bay. retires, though, if he retires, they still got to pay because that money was guaranteed. Well,
3: they're not they won't be guaranteed to him if he retires, though.
2: I think there's still a percentage of money he would get if he's because. Well, correction, Green Bay will still take a big cap hit if if he retires.
3: Yeah, he would definitely take the cap hit, but I don't think he would. I don't think he would get the money because he's choosing to retire.
7: You
2: y- know if- what I'm saying? Yeah, here's the way I see it. I think Green Bay is exhausted by dealing with Aaron Rodgers over the last 3 years. Are you coming? No, they just threw with it. They are ain't exhausted. They just
3: they just done with it. You know, you got, they, they are yeah, just tired of you get tired of this mess after a while, man. Right, man. This Oh, man. Come on, man. You know, you mean he's just a prima donna, bro. You get some on nerves, you know, how he acts like that.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, he 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 went from being one of the Pied Pipers in the league to one of the most despised players now because of some of the antics he's pulled. Let me go into a dark a dark environment, and when I come out, it'll be much clearer in terms of what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to be. Because if you heard him on that Pat McAfee show, he said, hey, um, I felt like I was going to play with Green Bay, and I come out, and I find out Green Bay's ready to move on. So I'm ready to move on. Well, what do you expect him to do after the way you treated the organization for so many years? First, it went from, I don't have a – a more defined line of communications. I don't have more input in who we go out and get and try to get in terms of free agency. You know, a lot of quarterbacks get those things, a direct, they don't come out and say it. Why do you have to come out and say it? You know, we know your status is one of the greatest to ever play the position in the history of the game, but do you have to come out and tell everybody about it? No, go about your business. Keep that stuff. Uh, My relationship is strained with certain people in house. It needs to be better. Better relate. You know what? You're an employee. You don't own the company. You're an employee of the company.
3: Well, he's got everybody by the cojones right now. So oh, oh, no question. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's sickening, man. But you know, what I mean, he's he's garnered that type of respect in the league and on that team. Yeah. He's been this things, you know, going for like 10 years. Mm. So, you know, yeah, you know, what I mean. You know, get you know. He he wants his flowers now. He didn't want them when he's dead. He wants his flowers now. You know, I like that?
2: that. I want my flowers now. Right. Uh, here's this. Here's a story of of, and you just sit here and you go, wow. Um, tight end Foster Moreau was a fourth round pick of the Raiders back in 2019. He's a free agent now, making a free agent rounds. He goes down to New Orleans just for a routine physical, and Doctor John Amos helped diagnose that he has Hodgkin lymphoma. Wow. 25 years old. Now, this same Dr. John Amos was the same doctor that diagnosed that John Dornboss uh had an aortic aneurysm back in 2017 when the Eagles were trying to make a trade with the Saints, and Dornboss was part of that trade. So basically, saved John Dornboss's life, who, who ended up having open heart surgery. And it's also the like same like the next doctor. day or
3: that same day or something like that. Right? Yeah. And,
2: and it's also the same doctor that diagnosed. A heart condition with Nick Fairley as well. So this Dr. John Amos and the Saints organization, I tell you what, B. Brooklyn, if I'm a free agent, I want to visit the Saints whether I want to go play for them or not. Because first thing I want to say, is Dr. John Amos still there? I want him to check
3: me out before anybody else touches bro, me. Bro, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm like, he got some bad juju in him. I ain't trying to go down and see him, bro. Like, you know, he he diagnosed too much sickness for me. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's saving people lives, man. Oh, okay. Just John Doran boss,
2: let me, Dorenbos, let me uh, be around. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess on one hand you could say, I want Dr. Amos to check me out just to make sure. But on the other hand, it's like, oh man, I don't want to go in here. What if he finds something I've been trying to hide or didn't want to acknowledge
3: for a lot of a lot of life? You know what I'm yeah, saying? He liked to like kiss a death for real, for real. Like, dad gum. <laughs> dad gum, man. <laughs> he you said a kiss man? of death. Come on, he, man. He's just diagnosing all bad, man. I'm like, hold on, man. Hold on, dog. You know what I'm saying? Keep your hands off I'm, me, bro. I'm,
2: look, I'm kind of with Duck here. Duck Wins says, this. this doctor should be reviewing all of the players. <laughs> 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 oh, and John Dickerson, come on, man. That ain't right. He touches them and transfers his sickness to the players. Some, <laughs> some Stephen King ish. Come on, man. That, see, I can't be. A, see, See that's when, you, that's when you type go too of stuff, far,
3: man. <laughs> yeah, man. See that's
2: when you take it a little bit too far, I man. Come on, man. It ain't that Yo, bad. Man. It's like the green
3: um, mile, bro. You know. What
2: another NFL, another NFL note, dude. Um, tight end Austin Hooper, two time Pro Bowler, twenty eight years old. Uh, leaves Tennessee, signs a one year deal with the Raiders. He joins OJ Howard. OJ Howard never really panned out down in Tampa, nope. so now the Raiders go from losing Darren Waller to now having a two time Pro Bowler. In Austin Hooper and OJ Howard, who was projected to be the next great one and never panned out. But, uh, you know, you look at Austin Hooper's numbers in his career 339 catches, 3,468 yards, 25 touchdowns. That's not a bad offensive weapon to put in Josh McDaniel's offense out there.
3: He signed a a big deal to go to like what, Cleveland?
2: I believe it was Cleveland, yes. Like $44 million deal.
3: Yeah, from uh, from um, when he was with Atlanta, right? He, he goes there. Mm-hmm. He was really good, man. He was really good. Um, I thought he was gonna be a great weapon. You know, him and, uh, um, on the opposite side of David was in Njoku. Was yeah, it Njoku? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was gonna be a nice little one-two combination mm-hmm. that they had. It just never materialized. Well, number one, because they didn't have a good quarterback. Baker Mayfield was the quarterback, so they didn't have a good quarterback. So I, I see why yeah. that didn't work, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a good pickup for him. You know, Um. man, you know, you get you go out there and you get G. Two really good tight ends. Mm-hmm. They franchise their running back. Mm-hmm. They might be all right. They might be. If not, Josh McDaniels uh, better start putting his
2: resume out. If you can't do some <laughs> damage with these weapons, you got to start putting your resume back out there and maybe maybe Bill Belichick will take you back again. He took you back once, maybe he'll take you back again.
3: Oh, he will. Yeah. He will. Yeah. I mean, that's the bit. I mean, he has the best wide receiver in the league, two really good tight ends and a good running back. That's the makers of having a pretty good offense, wouldn't you think? Oh, no question about it. All right. We're coming up on the two o'clock
2: hour. It is 158 right now. When we come back, we're gonna talk some 76ers in NBA basketball. We're gonna bring in, to me, one of my favorite in, inside basketball minds, and of course. Uh, even closer to home with the 76ers, Derek Bodner. That and more coming up as we approach the final hour of this edition of Sports Steak.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep
6: moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm? Or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is
9: still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you
6: watch. Action News and AccuWeather, the team you trust.
9: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
4: As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job a personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story it's time to meet the fritz and beyond Cooley law firm and managing partner Brian Fritz badly injured call the fritz and beyond Cooley law firm find out why they say we got this
2: It is 201 on the East Coast. We are in the final hour of this Thursday edition of Sports Take, along with my colleague and I guess I can say friend. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You know it. You know, so friend. Friend. you know it. you know it. You know it. You know it. Oh man, that hurt to say that. <laughs> oh man. You know I love you know y'all I love you like a step brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna talk some uh, 76ers basketball right now. Wow. What a, what a show they put on last night. Uh, and to talk 76ers to give us more insight on what's going on with the team as they hit this stretch run now is uh, NBA 76ers insider. He is the editor in chief of the Daily Six newsletter. And I love talking to him. You know, it's been a while since we've had you on Derek Bodner D, how you doing, man?
10: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
2: Good, man. Hey, look, last night, Sixers not only get their measure of revenge against Chicago for Monday night. I don't think they played a better first half of basketball than what I saw them play last night, and that was without James Harden. Man, they put on a clinic last night.
10: Yeah, no, I mean, they scored, I think it was the first 17 points in that game. They are up by almost 30 at halftime. Considering how bad the offense looked uh, two nights before against the same team, it was real nice to see. You had a lot of really strong performances from not only Joel in that first half, but Tobias from Tyrese uh, from De'Anthony Anthony Melton, who continues to play very good basketball. And it's one of the steals of the offseason for the Sixers. Uh, they played a, a very good first half. You know, there's a lot of questions that may have come out of it because of the injuries, both because of Harden and the Achilles and Embiid with the calf. Um, but that was as good of a bounce back performance. Cause like I said, the previous game against Chicago two nights yeah. before was yeah. as bad as this team has looked offensively in a very long time. You knew it was just an off night. You knew it was a you know, not something to be too concerned about, but it was nice to see them bounce back the way that they did.
3: No question about that. But, you know, when you look at it, man, I mean, injuries starting to creep in a little bit. You know, that's my biggest fear. Not necessarily mm-hmm. where they are um, as far as positioning, but them going into the playoffs healthy, man. And that's my big thing, and I've been screaming it for the longest time. When do they really start lowe's load management? Do they wait until they get, to, um, they get to a point where, you know, the – specific to who they're playing and not necessarily, you know, um, the way they're playing.
10: Yeah. I think they have to start pretty much now, you know, especially with <clears throat> the injuries, uh, these being lower body injuries, especially with Harden, and the Achilles feels a little more, uh, something to be concerned with than Joel's calf does. Uh, but with James, so much of the reason why this year is different. The why the reason why he is different is because he just has a little more burst in his, uh, step. He has a little more ability to change direction and change speeds that he didn't have last year. And anything that might threaten that would be significantly more massive of an impact than getting that two-seed, which is still the two-seed is still very much in play. They are tied with Boston in a loss column, I believe. Uh, So you would like to see them get that. That would be great to have a home court against the Celtics, but it's not anywhere near more important than Harden. And Harden is, I think, historically a little bit tough to convince to sit. He does not sit very often. Part of the reason he had problems with that hamstring with the nets is because he continued to play on that injury in the playoffs. So it is going to be a tough sell to get him to uh, commit to just taking some time off. But I think, I think it's a right move. And right now I River Rivers said after the game that he expects both of them to play on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that I'm not a doctor, neither is he, but I'm not a doctor. Uh, I don't know if that is a right call or not, uh, but I would certainly be cautious.
3: Or get them young guys some playing time, man, so they can continue to mold themselves into guys that can contribute when the playoff starts, man. Yeah, I agree. Derek, that, that
2: situation with Embiid last night was somewhat puzzling. Um, he played 16 minutes in the first half. Then we get word that he's not going to play anymore because the margin is so, yeah. it's so vast. And then later we find out he has um, uh, uh, some, some soreness in his knee. And and, and, and yeah. I saw your comment pertaining to it as well. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. First of all, he's not coming back because you're blowing Chicago out. I've never heard of this before, no. especially yeah. at halftime. Then you find out it's a little bit more. And we saw him grabbing the knee, I believe, uh, in the first half of the game. So I'm rubbing it a little bit. Um, when you talk about load management for, for a Joe LMV, and they've got 10 games left, all ten games are against teams that are in playoff positions right mm-hmm. now, and I'm talking about that, you know, that that ten through seven playing spot as well, and they're jockeying for position with Boston and Milwaukee. I mean, they're still only three games behind Milwaukee. Uh, I think what a half game or two games behind a half game behind Boston, and yep. Boston's not been playing great basketball as of late. How, how do you gain? And, and most of these games the Sixers are playing are on the road. How do you yeah. gauge that load management with so much? of an importance on what's to come down the stretch, as they say in horse racing, and down the stretch they come.
10: Yeah. No, uh, this is a very tough uh, schedule. Uh, these two games against Chicago were probably the two easiest games they have rem- left on their schedule. Everything gets tougher from here. Now you've got a little bit of a break because the Suns are playing without Kevin Durant, um, but still, you look at that, you've got the Suns, you've got the Nuggets, you've got the Celtics, you've got the Bucks, um, you've got the Heat, who maybe aren't great, but they're a tough defensive squad you've got a lot of really tough competition. It will not be easy to finish off uh, the schedule, you know, winning enough to push for that two seed. But I do think, especially with, like I said, I think Harden, I think Harden's a more concerning one. I think Embiid, if, and everything's going to matter, like depend on how they look coming into tomorrow's game. But if Embiid's is minor, Embiid is the type of player who plays much better when he's in a rhythm. He's very much a rhythm Mm -hmm. basketball player uh, offense just comes easier to him when he's in the flow when he's playing regularly night in night out i wouldn't give him more than a game or two off if that calf isn't a significant concern mm. Harden is the one where i think with that achilles give him a couple games just be cautious uh, i do think if if that costs you the two seeds so be it i would certainly err on that side you know maybe start ramping up when you get into that stretch when you get back home uh, and you've got dallas and toronto and then boston and whatnot Maybe that's when you start really ramping it back up. But I would be cautious, probably more cautious than the Sixers will be, just because I don't think the Sixers really have much chance if those two aren't at the, the highest level.
3: Exactly. But do you trust Doc's decision-making? You know, if he's talking about playing these guys right now, you know, going Friday, why? You know, I mean, I, I don't understand it, but what are your feelings on Doc right now? And and especially going to this to the playoffs?
10: I mean, I I think Doc has mostly done a good job here. Uh, The way they're playing basketball here after the All-Star break has been very good. Uh, They've cleaned up their rebounding issues that they had earlier in the year. Their offense has been pretty much as good as anyone in the league, really since the beginning of December when James Harden came back. Their defense has gotten better. I think his rotations have gotten better. Now, I might argue that some of those decisions probably should have arrived at those conclusions a little earlier in the season, but I think he did (laughs) eventually get to where he needed to be. Right. But he is probably going to he, – he tends to play guys rather than be conservative with injuries. It's a very real concern that I have, and I think it's right for you to have it as well.
2: You know, Derek, since, since the first of the year, 76ers have played some really good basketball, and yet mm-hmm. they still can't get a break. They get a lot of criticisms for a lot of things. and, and you know, you, We talked about the Harden thing and the Achilles. Now, he's missed a couple of games. I agree with you 100%. Sit him down for, for more if you have to. But then I saw on Twitter last night, people are saying the Eagles mismanages load management. Do you think that's the
10: case? Well, I do think he plays a little, like I would like to see him get a little more time off and minutes are a little bit high. You know, he misses a game here or there because of the foot injury he previously had, um, the soreness in his right foot, which is is not the same one with the Achilles. Well, the the other foot has an Achilles too, not the same one with the Achilles injury. Right, Right. Um, Yeah, look, I think a lot of this comes down to Harden. Harden has always played 37, 38 minutes per night. He has always played night to night if he's not healthy. Uh, I'm not sure necessarily this is a Sixers thing as much as a Harden thing, and maybe part of being a player's coach is that you let players play the way they're comfortable, and I think Harden sort of feels a little bit like Embiid where he gets into a better rhythm if he's playing every night, if he's playing a lot of minutes. But he's, you know, 33 years old with a history of lower body injuries. I tend to be cautious and not care as much about the regular season. But I think uh, I think everyone from Embiid to Harden to Doc pushes it a little more than maybe I would.
3: Well, you know, talking about pushing, you know, um, do you think now that they should start pushing uh, P.J. Tucker to be more, give us more, do a little more, you know, since we are heading into the playoffs? I mean, because yeah, I, mean, I, I th- think that's why they got his role. He, I'm thinking he's supposed to be an enforcer, you know, and, and and go in, you know, be that guy, shoot from the from the corner, you know. Give me that PJ Tucker, you know. Is is, is that when this is this where he's supposed to shine?
10: Yeah, I, I mean, look, you're, you're not—he's gone scoreless in like three of the last six games, something like that. He has certainly not ramped up his <laughs> offensive usage all that much. I'm not sure you can really ask him. Like, I think if you push him to do that, though, you might start getting him to play outside of his comfort zone. I do think he's gotten a little bit better here on the defensive side of the floor and has made a pretty big contribution on that end. You know, I think when you get in the playoffs, you're going to rely on him to be a little bit of a backup center at times. And I think that's going to sap even more of his uh, energy on the defensive side of the court. Uh, you just want him to, it's really, to me, it's all about those threes. You know, he had one game there against Cleveland or he had three three-point attempts. And you thought that's, I don't even care how many of them go in, just take that shot. So you're, you're spreading the floor. So you're dragging that big man out there. But more often than not, he's not taking, you know, he's taking one three at max. Uh, that's the only thing I would say in terms of aggressiveness. He has a he second guesses a lot of open jump shots. I would like to see him take that a little bit more. But I'm just not sure if you really push him if you're going to get that. This
3: is the time. This is where I, he showed I his you. ass against us. You know, when he played against us, now he doesn't want to do anything right now. It, 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 I'm getting irritated, man. This is the time right now. when it starts I hear, I start you. I hear you.
10: Yeah. and Look, he had, a again, going back to the game against Cavs, he had four offensive rebounds in that game. That looked like a playoff version of P.J. Tucker. Yes. I do think P.J. Tucker is sort of like the kind where the bigger the game, he will up his energy level. And maybe playing these games against the Bulls, he just doesn't get up for quite as much as he does against someone like the Cavs where they essentially clinch the three seed or as much as he will against the Celtics and the Bucks coming up. But I think that's more like that's in him where the bigger the game, the tougher the competition, the more he's going to ramp up. I'm not sure you necessarily need to push him to do that.
2: Okay. Hey, Derek, the last couple of games, uh, one thing that's really jumped out to me in the uh, box score is Sixers had 19 turnovers on Monday night um, against Chicago, and they come back in at 15 again last night. That's a high volume of turnovers. Do you think it's more so playing down to the level of competition, or is that something we should start watching a little bit more closely in terms of – because those ebbs and flows decide the yeah. outcome of games, especially in playoff scenarios.
10: Well, especially that one Monday night. Um, like yes. That first half, they I think they had something like 12 or 13 of those turnovers in the first half. Yes. And that, that was a big part of why they fell behind. Uh, they were lax with the ball in a way that you rarely see. And it felt like on drives, they were getting stripped constantly. Now, yeah. part of that, Boston is a good defensive team. As much as they might be a below 500 team, a lot of that comes down to the fact that they have one of the worst offenses among playoff contenders. Um, their defense is pretty strong. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where they rank, but they're a top 10 defense. So they are a tough defensive squad. They can certainly get out there and force some turnovers, but the Sixers were careless, and like I said, since really the beginning of December, they've had the best offense in the league, so I don't want to kill them too much for that one performance, but they can certainly get lax with the ball, and Monday night was maybe the worst I've seen from them in quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a little bit of an aberration. Like I think they've been yeah. doing a better job of that recently.
3: Okay. Well, I'm about to start with the, 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 the bad word as far as acronyms. Uh-oh. MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at right now?
10: I think Joel's going – now look, a lot of it
3: – Don't say any, it. Don't any, say it. Don't jinx it.
10: Any narrative that is out there now can change in the final 10 games. And when you have games against Jokic and against Giannis, like that is going to factor in. If the Sixers lose both of those games, this could change. But I do think right now he's probably the favorite. I feel like the sentiment has changed across voters around the league. You know, I think the way he has played here since the All-Star break, the way the Sixers have surged since the All-Star break, and it's just changed the conversation. And I think voters are successful to that. I think they should be. I think it is. He has been the most dominant player this year. Uh, I do think Giannis and Jokic play at an MVP level and they do so year in and year out. And if any of them want it, you wouldn't, I would, I would understand it. But I think the impact that you all has had, uh, has been, I think this is his year. And quite frankly, you know, those other guys have two of them, um, Joe's been right there. I think I, I think he deserves it for the work he's put in, for the improvement he's had. And I do think he's had the year to justify it. I think, uh, I think this year he gets it. I do.
2: And you know what, Derek? Um, in, in recent years past, when we've talked about this topic, uh, one of the negative criteria towards Joel has been, well, he didn't play as many games yeah. as the person who won it. But when you look at the numbers right now, Um, You know, he's played 59 games. Giannis has played 57 games. So they're all right there now. So you can't use that as an argument against them. It's they've all been right there. Fifty nine, 60 games. So that criteria doesn't come into play this time.
10: Yeah. And I think Jokic has played maybe five or six more games, but it's not an overwhelming number. Like you said, Giannis has missed some games. Other contenders like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are pretty much out of Mm -hmm. it because of the games that they missed. So, yeah, I think this is a year where games played isn't going to be as big of a factor. I think it's close enough where you can just pick the player having the best year. And the year that Joel Embiid has had, I mean, he is putting up scoring and efficiency numbers like prime Kevin Durant while anchoring the best, you know, being one of the best defenders in the league. I think this is the year he's going to get it. I do.
2: Good. You know, I, I like what Barrett said a few moments ago about getting other players more looks, more touches, more significant minutes, especially where that could come into the play in the playoffs. As we we get down this stretch here, Who do you want to see elevate their game for the 76ers that they should be able to be able to count on in the second season?
10: Yeah. Um, It's a good question because a lot of the players have done that. Like Tyrese Maxey has really elevated, elevated his game since returning to the starting lineup and being Harden have been incredible. You'd love to see more out of, Tobias Harris, and I don't even really mean as a score. If he scores 15 yeah. a night, that's fine. I just want him taking those open shots. A lot of it comes down to taking those open shots, because Joel and, J- and James Harden are so good at creating open three-point shots that the way you punish defenses for rotating on them is to take those shots. Even if they're not going in, even if you're struggling, you've got to take those shots so you can keep defenders honest, you can make Joel and James' mm-hmm. life easier. I want to see P.J. Tucker, I want to see bias Harris, George launched- Niang. George Niang, sure. Um, I want to see them launch shots. All those role players, just launch shots when you're open because that will make uh, Embiid and Harden's life significantly easier.
2: Derek, let's be honest. Are, are, are we really counting on Niang? We've been saying this for the last couple of years. Are, are we really? We see him take 11 shots one game, three shots the next game, 12 shots one game, two shots the next game. Are we really going to count on George Niang well, somehow, I mean, some way? <laughs>
10: The biggest thing I worry about with him is defense. I just don't think he can hold up uh, in a playoff series defensively. You saw that when they played the Celtics. The last time he had a real, they really struggled to find anyone on that side of the court he can guard. What I'll say with Niang, uh, I think he's up and down a little bit because anyone who has pretty much their entire offense based around three-point shooting is going to be up and down. He does have a, he's he's confident, so he will at least take those shots. A big thing with me is taking the shots, even if you don't make them, uh, because of how it changes the way a defense guards you. Uh, but he will mm-hmm. certainly be inconsistent offensively because he's so predicated on that three-point shot. But the real problem is if he was contributing defensively, you probably wouldn't notice those missed shots quite as much. And that's where I worry about uh, him in the playoffs. Well,
3: you know, speaking of the playoffs, how deep do you think um, Doc goes down in the bench You know, when playoffs starts? Because I know he, he cut it like – he was like six or seven guys last year. Yeah. Do you think he has the ability to go deeper this year? with his bench?
10: Uh, he has the ability, but I would be a little bit surprised if he did. I think he wants to shorten those rotations um, quite a bit. You know, I think you're going to have the, certainly the five starters. Uh, then you're, you know, you're going to have um, maybe three four more depending on who, uh, who who's playing well. You're obviously going to have your backup center. You need that every game. Uh, and then two or three perimeter players. I don't think you're going to see a nine or 10 man rotation in playoffs. There might be a game or two where somebody has a skill set that you need, but more or less, I think he's probably going to limit it. Quite so a if you're ball. saying that, all
3: right, I, I, me personally, I'd I put Shake in there. You'd sure. have to put him in there. Um, does does Montrez Harold? does he become a part of that, mm-hmm. or do you go with Big um, B-ball Paul?
10: No, I think so So far since the all-star break, I think Trez has played maybe six total minutes. Uh, I mm-hmm. think Paul Reed right now is the backup center. I think he should be the backup center. And you're really only playing one of those two players. You're not going to play two, um, two of them on the court at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have – I think Shake Milton should be in it. Uh, And then you're going to have Paul Reed as backup center. There's two of them. You know, I think you were just talking about George, but I think George, they value his shooting enough where he is going to be in there as Mm. well. And I think probably the last spot is going to be uh, Jalen McDaniels, who's been injured here of late. Mm. But I think that's probably uh, who they go to because they want his defense in there.
3: House is out of the equation?
10: I think when everyone is healthy, I think House is probably out of the rotation. Wow. All
3: right. Um,
2: The 76ers, 10 games left, as we just mentioned. They opened up – This Friday night, uh, uh, the continued this four-game road trip at Golden State. And, and Derek, this Golden State team, I can't figure out to save my life. The best home record in the NBA and the worst road record in the NBA, when they're at home, they play like the team that won those multiple championships not too long ago. When they're on the road, they play like the Houston Rockets. Can you you get a a definitive perspective on, on this team?
10: I have no idea. And I think there are a lot of people that know a lot more about basketball and make a lot more money than me trying to figure that same thing out, <laughs> especially the ones employed by the Golden State Warriors, because that is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And I've covered the Sixers team for a, over a decade. I've seen a lot of insane things on a basketball court and off the basketball court in the front office. I've seen burner accounts through GMs, and this seems almost as insane as that. <laughs> no, I have, I have no idea why they're so incompetent on the road. Uh, it's not even like a, a Seth Curry or Steph Curry versus non-Steph Curry thing. Like, because even when mm-hmm. he plays, they lose on the road. They're just incompetent on the road. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen.
3: Mm. Wow. Well, we're, 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 go ahead, Baron. I'm sorry. No, I'm just – I mean, I'm looking at Tyrese Max. He's playing at, you know, a, a great level right now. And, you know, he's, he's becoming a consistent force. You know, is he making his way as far as being one of the big threes? And, you know – How much confidence do you have him being in taking that major role in the playoffs?
10: Yeah, I've I've confidence in him as a scorer for sure in the playoffs. Um, And, you know, you look at what he's done here since returning to, from the all-star break, he's been a very good role as a starter on this team. Uh, I think he's averaging something like 22, 23 points since the all-star break. He's playing very well. He's shooting well from the perimeter. He's taking those shots. He's decisive when he's making those shots. It opens up driving lanes. And with his speed, he's going to put a lot of pressure on the rim. Big thing with him is always going to be, can he run an offense? Can he use the attention he receives off the dribble to create shots for his teammates? That's more of a long-term long-term developmental goal that they sort of need him to grow into as James Harden sort of ages out of his physical prime. But right now, you know, I think he's going to be a very effective role for them. And there's still a concern between Harden and Maxi defending in the perimeter in the playoffs. Like, there's still just a weakness there that they uh, are going to struggle with. But offensively, I think he's going to have a massive role. I expect him to be a, a you know, certainly one of the team's three most important players in playoffs. I don't think he's going to lose any shots or lose any touches or or, or, or disappoint in that regard. Um, yeah, I think he's incredible.
2: Do you think Maxi needs to get a little bit thicker body-wise? Sure. You know, that was one of the knocks on Allen Iverson. As fearless as Iverson was, Iverson took a lot of punishment, you know, the way he played the game. And you see Maxi gets knocked around a lot. You know, he tells you he's not a great defender. You think he needs to get a little bit thicker body-wise?
10: Yeah. There's there's no question, and he has sure. he has certainly added, you know, five ten pounds here since he's been in the league. He needs to add yeah. another five or ten pounds. He's still going to be you know there's just a he's 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 short. There's only so much you can do defensively mm-hmm. when you are uh, vertically challenged. But I think he certainly needs to get bigger. He needs to get better at running around screens. Part of that isn't just size, although size and strength will help. Part of that is his awareness as well. Uh, he just mm. he he gets blown up by screens on the perimeter uh, a little too much, and I think. He'll get better at age, but he needs to get pretty significantly better at age to at least reach his potential defensively. And even if, you know, maybe his potential isn't as a great defender because of his size, he needs to at least become passable. uh, And I certainly think size is a part of that equation.
3: Okay, Uh, I think the same thing, man. Same thing. So
2: when we when we look at uh the 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 nba east as it continues to jockey Derek, one of, one of the teams i've been talking about since late january and uh, since the trade deadline has God. been the knicks um mm-hmm. and are they a team that could do some serious damage in terms of upsetting the apple cart when it comes to matching up against the big three milwaukee boston and philly i like their athleticism i like how they get up and down the court um you know, but just when you think they're about to turn the corner, they have a couple of setbacks. How do you how do you analyze this Knicks team?
10: Yeah, uh, and they're a team that they're they've been incredible offensively, especially since you know around January ish, they've been one of the best offensive teams in the league. Um, and I don't know if I entirely buy their defense. I don't know if mm. I entirely buy all of their offensive players in the postseason. You know, I'm not the biggest Julius Randle fan, but he's had a he. he has his moments, has his seasons, really. Two years ago, this year, year, where he's an incredible offensive player. I need to sort of see that in a high-stakes playoff environment. Um, but they've added so much depth here over the last couple of the, of, of well years also, but also in mm-hmm. season between you know Brunson and Hart, and then mm-hmm. quickly stepping up and becoming a better player. They're, they're just a much deeper team with more capable role players than they've had in a long, long time. And even if I have some questions over Randall being sort of like that primary go to guy in the playoffs, they've got enough players now where they can, they can, you know, overcome that. Uh, I think they will have success offensively. I do worry about them defensively. Mm-hmm. They've certainly been one of the bigger surprises here uh,
3: for the season. Well, I mean, so, so when you look at it, who's your surprise team? Like, who was your Miami Heat from last year going into this year? You know, it's the Cavs. I was thinking it was the Cavs.
10: Yeah, they've stumbled they, a little bit.
3: Yeah. Now, you know, now they, change things up and derek has been screaming about this Knicks team for the past probably three to a month now yeah what would you say would be a surprise team right now
10: i'm not sure they really qualify as surprises those teams are the fourth and fifth seeds in the east right now um but that being said when you look you know go up and down the east roster i think there's a pretty big drop off after five uh, i'm not expecting mm-hmm. the nets or the hawks to be a surprise team this year for sure so yeah i think it's probably one of those two teams i still probably like the Cavs a little bit better uh, as a as mm. a team, I think they are you know a combination of what they can do defensively with that front court and that dynamic back court. I think I trust that team a little more. Neither right. one has yeah. really proven it in the playoffs so far, so neither one has the edge there. um And I just like the way that Cleveland team is constructed a little bit better. So I'd probably put the if I'm picking a a team to surprise, it would probably be the Cavs. But I think the Knicks could you know like I said, I, I I'm buying into that offense more than I thought I would. Yeah. Uh, it's just whether they can defend well enough to uh
2: to keep it close. I don't know why I feel like I'm out on an island. When people start talking about the Cavs, i go, eh. You know, yeah. I watch them play, and it's like, okay. There's nothing to me that jumps out about the Cavs. Am I mistaken here? To me, there's no wow factor. And as you said about the Knicks, the one thing about the Knicks, they can score. It may be a defensive liability. Mm-hmm. They can score. And I know the Cavs have Donovan Mitchell, But I don't know. something about the Cavs that just don't, don't really make me worry about them as a team. Am I wrong in stating that?
10: I get where you're coming from. Um, but they do have the number one ranked defense in the league. And whenever you're that good at something, I think you should be taken pretty seriously. Uh, they obviously then have Garland and Mitchell as their, um, you know, dynamic backcourt. Maybe you're not worried. And Mitchell is someone who's always sort of stepped up in the playoffs. He's always had good playoff runs. He's always been aggressive in the playoffs when the jazz have disappointed in the past. I don't think it's usually been Mitchell, um, who has been to blame. So I think, I think, I think they're a good team. Um, they're another team though that hasn't really done it in the postseason. So you're waiting to see what they do. Um, they rely a lot defensively on Evan Mobley, and he's still yep. a really young kid. Right. But, you know, I think, like I said, whenever, and I think maybe we have a, we in Philadelphia have a little bit of a distorted sense because their front court, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley can't match up with Joel Embiid at all. They're just too small, and he puts them under the basket pretty much every possession. But outside of that, they're a real tough, real menacing defensive squad. So, yeah, I think I think they could certainly surprise some teams.
2: All right. Uh, he is uh, Derek Bodner. And D, always uh, appreciates you giving us some time, of course. Follow him on Twitter at Derek D.E.R.E.K. And I've had to forgive him many times because he spells his name the wrong way. <laughs> I'm not going to hold it against him, but that's OK. You just messed up the whole Derek thing, as I told you time and time again. <laughs> But follow him at Derek Bodner NBA. And, of course, always check out his newsletter, The Daily Six. Great inside information. D, you know we're going to be calling you up again down the road as we get closer to the playoffs and into the playoffs, man. So keep your phone handy, bro. Yep, my pleasure. Anytime. All right, Appreciate you, bro. Derek Bodner, appreciate you very much from uh, uh, The Daily Six newsletter. All right, Mr. Brooks, we have approached the final break in this show. When we come back, We'll talk about any and everything under the sun. And of course, we still have the birthdays and the movies coming up. We're in the last half hour of this edition of Sports Take, coming right back.
1: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
4: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
5: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call
4: 215-458-2222.
0: Heading down the shore.
5: My name is uh, Fran and I'm a managing director here at Dell Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
2: Oh, we've reached the last half hour of this Thursday edition of Sports Take with Barrett Brooks, and I'm Derek Gunn. B. Brooks, my wife just walked past me and said, you sound like Ted Baxter from the Mary Tyler Moore show. (laughs) I'm
3: like, what? I'm like, huh? Bro, on the slide, man, on the slide, man. Trish is funny, bro. Some Some of the stuff she says on the side is real funny, bro. She sticks, she, moves, she sticks and moves. She sticks and moves, bro.
2: She does, but see, I can't. I can't tell her she's funny because a whole marriage, I've told her, you don't have no, you have no sense of humor whatsoever. <laughs> but every now and then, she gets one in there. And I'm like, that was pretty good, man,
3: bro. Every once in a good. while, she and, I, and and I've been her before, and it, sometimes she'll say something, and then I think about it. I'm like, yo.
7: <laughs> so gonna taking her side, right in, man. She always taking, does.
2: you always taking her side, see? Yeah, <laughs> see? See what I mean? We were in the trenches together, man. We broke bread together, man. We carried a show together. And yet, you know me much better than you know her. You take her side automatically. <laughs> well, bro, look,
3: when you when you start making cookies like she made cookies, bro, then you can you can say what you want to say, bro. <laughs> Dude,
2: she's been so busy. I can't even tell you the last time her chocolate chip cookies. You know, when you bite into them, the chocolate just drip all down your hand and man. stuff. And it's soft, cookies. man.
3: Yeah. They soft, soft when they cold. You know they're good when they soft when they cold. You know what I'm saying? They even soft when they cold. You know, usually when cookies get cold, they get hard and brittle. No, nah, hers is yeah, soft, not hers.
2: She gets mad at me, though, because uh, I take her peanut butter cookies and I put a little peanut butter on top of them. <laughs> and she goes, you know, that is the worst insult you can do to me. is. And I said, well, I like peanut butter and I like the chocolate chip cookies. Why can't I have both? She goes, how dare you put peanut butter on my chocolate chip cookies? And I'm like, huh? Bro. Well, I still do it. So It tastes amazing, too, bro. I ain't going to lie. I ain't mm. going to lie. Well, man, you know, it's, it's, it's been an interesting offseason up to this point. And I just saw um, Elijah Moore uh, at his press conference uh, in Cleveland. And he said, uh, it feels good to play with a legit quarterback. Wow. Ouch. 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 Wow. Feels good. Now, I don't think he was taking, he says, you know, you look at Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's a legit quarterback. It's someone that has been doing some amazing things around the league he has respect from everybody around the league. Well, after what he went through, I don't know if he has uh, respect from everybody around the league. I don't know, but uh, he also said uh, they talked really high, high about him here, uh, and I'm just happy to be here with him. I'm just I'm just grateful to be one of his guys. Elijah Bro, I mean, Moore
3: and Deshaun Watson together. Well, I mean, Mike White was the best thing he had thrown for him. I mean, come on, man. I mean, when you have Mike White is the best quarterback you have. I mean, they did have. No, I mean that's it. That's it, really. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So I mean, yeah, I, I, bro. At the end of the day, I'd be pissed off if if I had the 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 you know the Cougar Slayer as my quarterback.
2: There you go again. You did it yesterday, and you did it again today. As soon as you mentioned the, the name. The whole chat lit up. MILF, MILF, you got milf, to, man. You MILF, MILF, got to. yep,
3: milf, milf, milf. The milf. Cougar Slayer, bro. I didn't say MILF, time. I said the Cougar Slayer.
2: You, didn't have to say, <laughs> you know, everybody knows what you're talking about. It's going to start any minute. We're going to have, in capital letters, not just MILF, but in capital <laughs> letters. You know what's coming? Anytime you mention that dude's name, and I refuse to
3: mention his name,
2: you know what's going to happen, man. Right, right,
3: right. Well, I mean... I, why aren't we making any moves for receivers? You know, we, we talk about... Ooh, the Eagles? Yeah, we talk about Quez not... um Quez, you know, might not be who they need him to be at this point in his career. Right, All right. So at this point, we're not making any move. We we lost we lost players instead of brought, bringing somebody in at the wide receiver position. Is that something you need? Do you think they're just going to stay fast at, at, at Quez and just leave Quez as the guy?
2: No, I don't think they're going to stay fast, but I don't think receiver is a high priority for them right now. Um, I know they're behind closed doors. They're going over every scouting report. They're bringing in 30 players, as they always do this time of year. I believe their strategy is focused on the trenches, as it always seems to be the case with this team. Absolutely. Um, offensive and defensive line, maybe more so defensive line than offensive line. Um, they got to look at the safety position to see if they're comfortable with that. They brought in Greedy Williams from Cleveland to shore up the cornerback spot. They're in a great position, cornerback
3: spot wise. But I still think get at number 10, get one of those because this man, you rarely find corners. You're right. Good. You're right. You know
2: and and they've got three really good corners on the board here, you know. And who's to say they don't they don't let Slay walk after this season based on how he plays? They, you know, and you have a here you are again. you already, you, you know, you, you're putting more bread in the cupboard before the cupboard is bare. You get that Aaron Perrin opposite James Bradbury because Bradbury is going to be here at least two of the three years he signed for. He might be here all three, but it's a it'd be a great transition if you decide to let Slay go after 2023 and you got a high first round draft pick learning under Slay, Bradbury, and Avanti Maddox who can step right in, as did Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. This past season. Well look, I think we, it's
3: a great situation. Look, we had Bobby Taylor and we had uh Troy Troy Vincent. yeah and still when I drafted those two young guys, man. So yeah, yeah. It's happened before. I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at it. We still got three good years, or at the very least two, but three good years with Lane Johnson. And we gotta find somebody to replace him. Do you start looking right now? Do you get somebody right out? Do you draft somebody that high right now? to um to you know to start you know filling his shoes. I think I think it's I think it's based
2: on team need. I, I don't think this year but they don't draft for team need. Oh uh, no. I know. I I would say um I, I would say not so much for this year, but maybe next year because Lane said he wanted to play at least two or three more years. Yep. Um so I would basically look at that more serious next season. Um, I think when you talk about the players they brought back, they kept Slay 32, Clip kept Bradbury 30. They brought Fletcher Cox back 32, 33, Brandon Graham's approach, approaching 35. I think you gotta start you, you have to continue that infusion of young players on the defensive side because basically, for right now, the offense is set with personnel. You might yes. need a you might need a slot receiver, but the offense is no, set again.
3: So we huh? need one. No, we don't Mike. We need a slot receiver right now. OK, but is
2: that as high a priority as is tightening up the defense, getting younger and getting better? No. at The same time on no. defense. No, no. Mm-hmm. you know. And so that's why I think whether it's uh, a tackle, edge rusher or safety or they're not going to draft a safety or a cornerback. That's why I think they'll address that, that position first if they stay at number 10.
3: I think so also. I think so also. D-line, D-line number one at this point. You're saying D-line. Sorry, I'm still not sure about that. This Apple watch is killing me, man.
2: Every time I say something, the watch talks. Let me take this watch off real
3: quick. Yeah, I'm just trying to say, how is she going to say I'm wrong, though? You know what I'm saying? You know what? How is she going to say I'm wrong? Because it's my
2: watches. She heard me tell you, you're wrong. enough. So my watch. You know what, D Gun? Right again, D Gun. I like Brandon Green. Right again, D Gun. He wrong. No, no, I, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with you. But I, I'm surprised that you said that. Um, when you think about, uh, they have um, young talent at D line. They have Milton Williams, Jordan Davis. Uh, Mar- they have Marlin there. Barnett, we keep forgetting Barnett
3: is coming back, right? You know, and that, that's 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 key, man. Like we keep talking about an edge rusher. I really think that the, Derek is going to come back and play, man. I think he's going to come back and play well.
2: I've said I said that before, and I think this is the year we see that maturity in Derek Barnett. Yep, yep. Where his his miscues in the past, unfortunately, his miscues have overshadowed his play. And you brought out a good point when I really started watching closely. Um, was, was how he can attack off the edge when he's healthy and that deep bend that he has. Yep. But for every two good plays he makes, it's offset by something you know he doesn't Dumb. do, in it, terms it of penalties.
3: And co- it's colossal too, man. And this is at the most unopportune time too when it happens. Yes. So so I, I expect him to come back. Um
2: now if, if Jalen Carter's still on the board, if he is the elite of the elite you know and as of we know it right now he's been cleared of all past transgressions you know do you take him as a d tackle when you have a need a corner need a safety do you take do you take carter if he makes it to 10 yeah. he won't make it to 11 okay you know why cuz that means fletcher cox will be gone next year for sure if you got man if you got barnett who's still here beyond that uh davis carter sweat
3: that's not a bad young group right there, man. Bro, that's 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 heating that quarterback up, bro. That's heating the quarterback up. I would love, I would love to have all those guys in the stable at the same time because you could put them virtually anywhere. You know, you could put B G in at the three technique, have him rushing inside, Derek Barnett outside, Sweat um, on the inside, and then um, Hassan Reddick on the outside. That's not even NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call that. That's just straight speed coming off the edges, bro. That's F1 racing. Right, that's F1. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. That's F1 race. That's not NASCAR. That's F1 racing. You got four ends, but the two guys on the inside can play the run too. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that will get after, you know what I'm saying? That'll get that'll get after people, bro. That would definitely get after people.
2: All right, let's go back to the cornerback position for just a moment. And, And Greg Cosell talked about it before, and he said, you know what, you can never, and you just said it, you can never take too many good corners or have too many good corners. And you've debated early on in your analysis of players coming out in the draft who your favorites are. Do you have a definitive favorite, or is it still one of several? If the Eagles can grab them, take them at 10.
3: Cornerbacks. Yeah. I'm going with Gonzalez. Still. I like Gonzalez. Yes. I uh, mean, Gonzalez to me is the has the purest technique out of all the guys. He can run right. He he actually runs the route for the receiver. That's how good he is. You know, he he has great uh positioning as far as placement where he is, uh, with being in seat with the receiver. Right. Um, he can tackle, he comes back well to the ball, catch the ball at his highest point when he does that interception really plays technique very, very well, can play man to man and can play uh zone corner. To me, he's just a great um a great mix of what you want from a player to go out there and dominate.
2: See, I don't know, I don't know what DeSai's thinking is and none of us do in terms of what kind of scheme he's going to play or uh variations of his scheme he's going to play. But you know, I, I still I'm a big Witherspoon fan coming out of Illinois. I uh, love his physicality. Um, he does. He's not afraid to get beat. He's a sure tackler. Uh, hand-to-hand combat. He's very good at that. Good speed. Good size. Um, and, and I don't. And you know, it's like your flavor of the day. Some people like Porter. Some people like Gonzalez. Some people like Witherspoon. Right. I'm in a Witherspoon camp. You know, and that's not to say if they take Porter quarter Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. You know, now sometimes though, when you're over aggressive, what happens? You end up getting more penalties than you do big
3: plays. You well, know that's that what goes. I see more from, that's what I see more from Joey Porter's son. Okay. You know, Joey Porter Jr. He's a lot, he's really, really handsy. He's yeah. long, sleek corner, plays with great leverage, but he does play a little, you know, with a little too many hands and, and, and trying to, you know, he loses phase with the receiver. So he has to play with his hands a lot more and you get called a lot, you know, and it's going to take him a little while to get uh, used to playing in that, with that separation, but he can play, he can play um the zone corner very, very well, man to man. He gets a little too handsy. Now, when you, when you, when you look at, 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 do you pick him up at number 10? Um yeah. I think he'll fall. You know, you can, you can drop back and get him. You can drop with spoon. Mm -hmm. you got to get it. You might have to trade up to get him, Mm. you know, because I I don't think he's, I think he's the first corner off the board. So you'll trade. If if you're going to get Witherspoon, you'll have to trade up to get Witherspoon. You know, if there's a corner, if there's a team that needs a corner, they're going to pick him up in the top 10, or they're going to trade down to get him in the top 10.
2: Is there a linebacker in the draft worthy of them taking a peek? Because we've watched in past years, let go, let, let some outstanding linebackers pass linebackers that turn out to be great pro backers is there any yeah, the you
3: know I, I, I did my due diligence you know on the outside linebacker I like the kid from from um arkansas um okay. his name is uh, drew Sanders six foot four uh 233 pounds quick explosive fast very long slender guy plays on the outside play very well on the outside he's a first rounder he's he's probably the uh, only legitimate first rounder Well, there's two. Him and um, him and um, Trent Simpson from Clemson. Both of these guys will be guys can come in and start day one on the outside. So I like them, Um, especially you know uh, Trent Simpson. Okay. Fast, explosive, but he's only played the position really at a a high level, probably Hmm. one year. And that's just like you know um, Sanders. Sanders a transfer from Alabama didn't get any burn in Alabama goes to um Arkansas and becomes a star so both of these guys are high risk but very very high reward very high reward okay so I, don't take, I, I
2: don't know if they take a banker at 10 though they, they, they don't they don't identify bankers as a priority
3: right right both and and both of these guys will if you did trade back they could you could tr- you could trade back for them you could definitely trade back for them
2: okay all right, let's uh let's get through some uh, birthdays and some movies here, which is Barrett's favorite part of the show. And Mr. Brooks, I will let you go first, sir, and then I will fill in the blanks. Well, first of all, I gotta
3: go with um probably you and me's favorite, man. Oh you know, as, as, as a as a fisherman. Um, you know, you you gotta go with Jeremy Wade. Jer- you know what oh I mean? man. Jeremy uh, Wade, you know what I'm saying? I mean, River he, Monster. It mean, the greatest show ever, River Monster, you know, greatest show ever. So he's 67 today. So i got to give homage to him. One of the best fishermen I've seen. He fished everywhere. River Monster, dude, that's my dude.
2: Can you imagine being paid and having your own TV show to go around the world fishing to fish for every kind of fish there is on the planet? He, I mean, the only problem is he's looking for fish that's eating people. I don't know if I'm going to do all that mess, bro. Man. Then you got to trek through stuff like he's going oh, to get yeah. the Amazon. Deals. No, Amazon. I'm not, yeah. just, see,
3: I'm not doing all that. I'm no. I'll, I'll go fishing, but I'm yeah. not going fishing where somebody can, you know, where, where you can get lost and and you oh, made no. it, he, oh, no. bro. He went fishing one time out to get them, you know, uh fish and 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 he actually went to a place where. They eat people, like people that eat people, you know, cannibals. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In the Amazon. Yeah, and, and he was he was living with some cannibals trying to go fishing. Man, I would have slept like with this <laughs> one. hour.
2: I, I, I would have never slept. I would have been so tired on that trip because I ain't going to sleep, wake up and see
3: my leg roasting on, over a fire. No, I can't do that. Right, man. right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing that. Cannibals, dog. So, I, that, that one not do it. Then they were catching bull sharks like 100 miles up the river, you know what I'm saying, in uh, you know, in certain places. I'm like, how you catch a sharks up in a river, freshwater river, you know. But oh, you know, crazy. So, no, thank you. But yeah, Jeremy Ray is my one. Um, then I'm gonna go with, with fashion now. You know, two guys that I like to I like to wear their shoes. Number one, Steve Madden. Steve Madden turned sixty-five today. Steve Madden, okay, and then my all-time favorite, Kenneth Cole. He turns seventy one, uh, uh, seventy years wait, old. Kenneth
2: Cole, the Clothing design
3: shoes, okay shoes, both Steve Madden shoes and Kenneth Cole shoes, the most comfortable shoes you can buy. You mm. know what I'm saying? You ain't never lied. Um, then I'm gonna go um, with a good producer, you know what I'm saying? Uh one of the hottest producers out, Mike Will. Mike Will made it okay. He turned 34. Okay. All right. Um, let me see. Let me go which way I'm with the theme I'm going with now. Oh, since we're on the music thing, I'm gonna go with T Grizzly. T Grizzly. A rapper. I don't know none of this song. I just know my son. I love, I love his either. music. You know what I'm saying? He's 29 years old. Uh, but T Grizzly, yeah. But then I'm gonna go, you know, the, I'm gonna go with football then. I'm gonna go with you know, some guy. Maurice Jones Drew turns 39 yep. today. Um Brandon Marshall also yep. turns 39 today. Yep. Traylon Burks, receiver last year, first round of Tennessee. He turned 24 today. the uh, then. One of my all-time favorites, Gotta got me started in the business. Me? Mr. Ron Jaworski. Jaworski, that's right. Jaw's turned 73 today. much to my boy Jaw. Happy birthday, bro. My guy, Jaw's. Uh, then I'm going to go to the Hoopers, and I'm going to finish off with the Hoopers. Uh, Jason Kidd. Yep, head coach of the Mavericks. Yep, turns 50 years old. Gordon Hayward. Yep. Charlotte Hornets. Right? Yep. yep. Then Kyrie Irving, in his flat world, turns yes, thirty-one. Wait, in the what? In his flat world. Flat world. Okay, yeah, the world is flat for him. Why? It's not. It, that's what he What's said. He, he said, said the world you? is flat. It's not round. It's dude. flat. That's <laughs> weird.
2: Do just telling. You. And last weird but dude. not least.
3: One of the favorites of Philadelphia. One of the all-time greats. Faux for foe, Mr. Moses Malone.
2: Fo fo. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Filling in some of the blanks here. We have uh Michelle Monahan from Missions Impossible Three with uh Tom Cruise, oh. I believe it was. Yep, she's 47. Uh Carrie Russell, who played the dawn of the planet of the apes, 47. Yes. Yep. Uh one of the greatest actresses in our Time Joan Crawford, yes. Um, you know, when he, when he, I was, I was reading her bio and stuff, and nobody knew exactly how old she was. She never really gave people out her ber- exact birthdays and stuff. They said it's believed she was 69 when she passed away many years ago. Believed she was 69. So, believed. <laughs> um, you have Aisha Curry, uh, the wife of Steph Curry. Yep, if Rob was here, would definitely say strong, yeah. Strong. Yeah. Chaka Khan, one of my all-time favorites. Yep, yep, yep. Winner I love her for you though. I love her for I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, she won 10 her. Grammys. Can you believe she's 70 years old, dude. I can't believe it, man. 70 and still years old. still
3: performing too, still good.
2: Yes. I'm just trying to get up every morning. She's still out there performing. You know? Yep. Exactly. Um, uh, you have Katherine Keener, who was uh the 40-year-old Virgin, Capote, uh, <laughs> and uh Sicario Dale the the Soldado, 40, uh, 63. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Morgan is 31. Tony Burton. You know who Tony Burton was? No, yeah, who's that? The trainer for Apollo Creed, the Rocky movies.
3: Oh, get out. Throw in the towel! Throw yep. in the towel!
2: <laughs> <coughs> yeah, he, he unfortunately passed away at the age of 79 in 2016. Uh, Tony Burton. Randall Park. Did you ever watch this comedy show called, called Fresh Off the Boat? No, I didn't. Dude, this movie was hilarious. It was about this uh Asian American family and the stuff they have to go through in day-to-day lives. The show didn't last very long. Uh, but Randall Park was the lead actor. He's 49. Dude, this show was hilarious, man. I couldn't wait to watch this show. You probably it's probably a syndication called Fresh Off the Boat. Uh so you see gotta it. see it. Yeah, you gotta see this show. Uh George Scott, great first baseman. And in football, uh, he passed away in 2013 at the age of 69. Um, played with the Red Sox, Milwaukee Brewers, and Gino Ariema, the coach, the women's basketball coach at UConn. Oh, man's won, man's won eleven national championships and two gold medals in Olympic competition. Wow, is that a fulfilling career or what? Unbelievable, bro! Unbelievable. You know. And that's all I have for mo- uh, for, for for um. Birthdays, you got any movies you want to pass along? No. Why you always stick me with the movies, man? Because I, I never Why? I never look for the movies, man. Uh, you got the Hunger Games, the original one, 2012. I love that that movie. Uh Pretty Woman. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts came out in 1990. Police Academy came out in 1984. All time classic. Dude, you talking about stupid funny. <laughs> <before.
9: laughs>
3: with all the do with all the uh with all the noise. <laughs> say, wait, say that again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right. Um, 2018
2: Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, uh, that was one of those futuristic movies where the guys I, love are, Pacific Rim, I, love I did too, man.
0: I hope they make yeah. another one to be honest with me you. Me too,
2: me too. You um, you ever seen over the uh um, kaijus? Yeah, Kaijus I'm <laughs> yeah. like, who comes up with the names of this stuff, man? Right, where you, Right, where do you get this stuff from? Yep. Um, let's see. Above the Rim Great came out in 1994. Movie. Yep. Yep. And uh, finally, the final movie is uh, Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler, Don Cheadle, Jada Pinkett Smith, and uh, Donald Sutherland. Uh, came out in 2007. A movie about uh, Adam Sandler loses his family in 9/11, and uh, all of a sudden he comes across his old college roommate to help him get through. It's really, really, pretty good movie. Adam uh, Sandler. So that is the movie list of the day, Mr. Brooks. Well, we uh have had a quite an interesting show. Yeah and I know I know you can't wait to get out of here. Uh so I'm not gonna hold you up much longer. Hey, I want to <laughs> thank Greg Cosell for joining us. Of course, Derek Bodner giving us some inside info on the 76ers and the NBA why would as you say well. That, Derek, What why don't you say that I'm trying hey, to tell away. the truth, man? You can't wait till you get away from me, man. Tell oh, the truth.
3: I, I have other obligations also, bro. I don't just work with you, bro. I work with a lot of people, man. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is, bro. I got to make it happen, man. Oh, hey, man. I appreciate everybody on the stream. And yeah. hey, man, kicking it with me today, man. Yeah, bro. You know. It was
2: fun. Rob Ellis will be back with us tomorrow to close out the week. So until then, for my
3: friend, Friends Mary Brooks. And friend,
2: yep. Whew. Um, I'm Hey, everybody. Thank you all for hanging out with us today on this edition of Sports Take. Until we meet again, have a blessed day, everybody.
1: Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go
7: for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.